What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we are on episode 56, guys. Holy crap. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. We have everybody back for the show this yeah, week, guys. Yeah, the whole group. The whole gang. We got Soundman. We got Latte. What We got Lil Cam. And we got the mouth. Oh, man. It feels good to be back. It does feel good to be it back. It really does. It does. It really does. Tavia was worried, Soundman. She, she was. was last that, like, week, she was oh, like, yeah. what the hell? Here, you weren't. I know. You were avoiding. Stuff. She was going to find you. <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't avoiding. Uh, it was just mostly working. Yeah, that's he what they all say. Yeah. That's what they all say. Yeah. Uh, but we have to send a special congratulations to Wendy. Wendy Rafferty. Yes. Wendy Rafferty, congratulations. Uh, you are the winner of the Inside the Crazy Ant Farm t-shirt for our Woo. Oscar watch party. Yes. Your you ballot. Go, you did really well on the she ballot. Did. You got almost all the big categories right. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on that. Uh, Green Book. She yeah, got, uh, she got part of the Green controversy, Book. and she even predicted uh, Olivia Coleman. She did. Yeah, I mean, I was very uh, surprised yeah, by that very one. surprised with that one. So, congratulations, Wendy. Um, we'll be reaching out to you soon to get all the info so we can get the T-shirt off to you. And thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Hell yeah! And other thank yous are in order because we couldn't do this podcast, and we have such a special connection with the people at East Beach Specialties, our sponsor of the podcast. Man, y'all are so awesome. And here's a little bit of what they offer. For the last 18 years, East Beach Specialties has helped businesses, schools, churches, and clubs on and near the Mississippi Gulf Coast promote events, deploy effective marketing strategies, bring unique products to life, fill events with fun, and create unique giveaways. They offer products such as custom t-shirts, apparel like hats, polos, sportswear, and loungewear. They also offer corporate gifts and employee incentives, bags and accessories, social responsible products, and of course, promotional products. Visit eastbeachspecialties.com for your product because having fun is serious business. All right, now it's time for some industry news, man. Oh, a lot man. of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of so much stuff, stuff, man. R. Kelly, we got the Oscar nominate, or we got the Oscar ballots. We got them done. We got the award winners. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, no, <laughs> not winners. Uh, when we got a special guest, Michael Nardelli, coming on the yeah, show today. Dark He's web. yes, huge web series going on right now. And of course, we have box office predictions, word of the day, this day in history, Billboard chart toppers, top five segment, which today is top five TV show theme song. So it's going to be a lot of fun. How are we going to put all this on this podcast sandwich? I know, man. It's a lot it's, of it's ingredients and a lot of layers. We're going to use a few of them toothpicks. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 There we go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you're definitely trying to learn about the industry, this is where you come to find out the information. Because if it's happening in Hollywood, yeah. we're talking about we're it. We're talking about That's it. That's right. And starting off with some sad news. We got to say, Catherine Hellman, Golden Globe winner, passed away. Yep. I'm a huge fan. Legend. Yeah, right. As we all know, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, so I was a huge fan of soap. You know, remember Robert Guillaume? Uh, you know, probably most of you guys yeah, generation mean, you know. know him from Lion King. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, but she was on soap. And then Who's the Boss? She played um, the grandma on Who's the Boss. Mm. Um, just a really talented, great lady, funny actress. But. Uh, died this past Saturday. She was 89, and um, according to her reps, she died from complications from Alzheimer's. Mm. So, yeah, that's mm. a crazy disease, man. I mean, we've seen other celebrities go and like testify to, in front of Congress, like who Seth Rogen. That's yeah. who it was. Yeah. yeah, and so it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but uh, yes, rest in peace. We'll all be thinking about you, and 
hopefully they won't forget her at the Oscars. Yeah, and some sh- <laughs> yeah, all the way next time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know, right? And some shocking news, man. This one hit hit hard here. Luke Perry mm. apparently suffered a massive stroke. Yeah, uh, and has been hospitalized. Uh, his reps did confirm that he's currently sedated and under observation at the hospital. So this is this is a scary thing, man. Fifty two, yeah. And he just that that's super scary. And what what kind of concerns me is, I mean, you remember like a year ago when uh, who KJ Appa, yeah, had that car accident because of all the set hours. I, how I'm not saying it was, but how many how many how long was he on set? Yeah, I mean, because you know that you know lack of sleep and pure exhaustion mm-hmm. and stress, and I mean there are several different things that can contribute. Right, that could have just been. A medical issue. Right, I mean, because exactly. it can just hit you. We're not saying, but no, yeah. it, we have to question knowing that the hours that they put in, and yeah. they did say that he had been working all week filming scenes. Mm. So, um, yeah, this is great. And it comes out he was actually hospitalized on the same day that Fox announced the reboot of 90210. Yeah, that's right. Um, with, stuff, now, he man. to say, though, he wasn't going to be a part of that, Yeah, apparently. Him and Shannon Doherty were yeah. not a part of that, I guess because of their schedules doing other right. stuff, obviously with Luke Perry with uh, yeah. Riverdale or whatever. But, um, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on this one because yeah. as of right now, the current information, he's still sedated. So apparently it was a pretty massive one, and they're kind of keeping him chilled and... Um, I don't know. Hopefully, he has a full recovery, and yeah. and you know, I mean, we saw all of his co-stars giving massive love over social media. All of his Riverdale stars, all of his nine hundred two one zero stars. So yeah, I mean, yeah. this guy's a class act in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, everybody says he's just a genuinely nice guy, and and you you really hope for the best for him. I yeah. mean, seriously, because it, uh, you never want to fifty two. Yeah, that's young for seriously. a ma- man. Just yeah, but. Scary. Uh, Speak. I don't. I don't even know how to transition this one. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. We haven't talked about Johnny Depp in a while, no, and um, so this is how we're gonna bring Johnny Depp back. Yeah. Huh? Apparently, Johnny. And there's a reason Johnny thinks we haven't talked about him in a while. Yeah. Apparently, he thinks it's Amber Heard's fault. Mm. Uh, Johnny is filing. It was just announced a fifty million dollar lawsuit against his ex wife Amber Heard. If you're not familiar with Amber Heard, that's Mira in Aquaman. Yeah, she's apparently doing pretty well. Right. Um, I actually just watched her in um, Alpha Dog. Yes. Yeah, because oh, she was man. in that. Man, a lot of people don't know she's from Biloxi. Oh yeah. 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 Her family still lives here, yeah. and so she's from crazy the area. stuff, man. Um. Anyway, the fifty million dollar lawsuit. He says it's a defamation lawsuit for falsely calling uh, herself a victim of domestic abuse. And the lawsuit claims that the 32-year-old Amber Heard's domestic abuse allegations um, against Johnny Depp were an elaborate hoax to further her career. Mm. So, (laughs) uh, Mm. I mean, Mm. I don't know, man. I mean, she wasn't working a whole lot while she was married to him, but and you know we like to we like to play both sides and the time of the Me Too movement and the time of like the women power. Right, so like right. if if she said this about him and made him out to look like a bad guy and made herself look like a victim, I'm not saying she did, but if she did, like this could have played to her I, advantage. I think the one thing she's got going in her favor though is that video. Yeah, Everybody remember that's that right. video yeah. when she released that video and she was secretly recording right. him. 
and he was just going off on yeah. her, just railing on her, belittling her, yeah. and just screaming at her. I mean, drunk off his ass, yeah, apparently. Yeah, seriously. And then saw that she was recording him and s- slammed everything, yeah. broke glasses, and looked like... Like, completely freaked out. Now, to be fair, he never did strike her on the video, right. but he sure looked like he was going to. Yeah. I mean, he started to go after her and rip the phone, and that yeah. was the end of the video, so... Goodness gracious, I, I don't man. know. I mean... That would uh, that would appear she's telling the truth, but yeah, we don't know. Exactly, you, we, that could have been a one-time situation incident. We don't exactly. know. Exactly. So, and I mean, you got so many things that people only choose the one side, like because they only see the one side, right? So, right. So, I mean, but it it is moving forward. It was attempted to be stopped, and that was that was shoved aside. The the lawsuit's going going to move forward. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, apparently somebody thought there was enough there to at least pursue it. Yeah. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on that one, Hell too. yeah. Now, this next one, I really know how to start. R. Kelly mm. spent last weekend in jail because he got indicted on 10 counts of child uh, misconduct that we said last week. But now he was released Monday after raising enough money for Bond, which he couldn't do that over the weekend. Yeah, like He, he couldn't, couldn't find enough yeah. money yeah, or something. Yeah, did you hear his, uh, what his uh, terms of the Bond was? Yeah, a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so, which means he would have had to have come up with a hundred thousand dollars, and he couldn't come up with a hundred thousand dollars. Took him the entire weekend. Yeah, uh, which was really interesting because um, it, the prosecutors were not holding back. I say prosecutors, but I'm guessing somebody at you know going against him, not necessarily prosecutor. But they were asked about whether they felt the bond was set too high. Yeah, because you know Jesse Smollett got. A hundred grand, right. so he only had to come up with a right. thousand to get out or whatever. But uh, and when they were asked if they thought the judge had set the bail too high, <laughs> they said, hilarious. "Well, look, it it makes sense. He can't come up with the money when you fly girls from state to state, try to hide them from their parents, so you can have them as sex slaves. You go broke fast." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that takes away a lot of money." <laughs> I'm just saying. But on the um, money side, when they when putting in his bond, he was stipulation that he could not get in contact with any minors mm. yeah wow. meaning yeah. he can't have any contact no digital contact no phone contact mm. no letters no personal talking to anybody under the age of 18 mm. yeah that's crazy that's gonna throw him right back in jail in like three minutes yeah. he just walks quick. outside yeah. and be like oh you're going to jail yeah yeah, uh, yeah the trial the trial's um march 22nd that's a quick turnaround yeah i mean, yeah, they I mean they're trying to get him well, really apparently more. Well, this is going to be the first trial. I think there's going to be a lot more charges. Well, I, I, and I don't. I mean, I think he's going to be. Yeah, you might see more people come forward and try to get right. him on more stuff. More but, shit. I mean, I, apparently more tapes came out. Yeah. Um, these tapes are very graphic very. in nature. Uh, so for people who are listening to the podcast and or watching the video, they're, they're, this they're, is a parental he's advisory. He's basically saying in these videos, "Hey, show me your 14 year old." insert yeah word there yeah really um, i've heard of some of them yeah, being slam. that um they were tapes of tapes like he had the girl watching a tape of yeah. him with oh another underage yeah, girl yeah and That's so disgusting. on the same tape like both tapes are showing it so they would even have that there would be two tapes in one the, the, i think the um problem for the defense for r kelly is that these tapes it pretty much acknowledge the age of the girl throughout yeah. and clearly the sexual acts yeah not really because sure. it's obviously a turn on for him. Yeah, so I don't know how. Then why is he it. like? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> if you're guilty, you know you're guilty. There's in there's evidence that you can't do anything with. 
Well, his defense attorney basically was hilarious, and if I was R. Kelly, I might try to find a different one, but he ain't got no money. So this defense attorney is like, my position is is that Mr. Kelly is innocent because he says he is, and I haven't seen anything that would say that's different yet. Yet. He says yet. Yet. It's like... (laughs) But when I see the tapes, I'm just going to have to go with get a new attorney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he probably is going to try and just give him get him the lowest sentencing possible. Yeah, right, Usually yeah. whenever it's something like that, or they're like clearly guilty, yeah. their goal is not to prove that they're not. It's just to get him like the lowest sentence. Which is going to be difficult because I think uh, he's facing something. If he's guilty on all counts, 90 years in prison. This, yeah. this, is, so. this is a concrete case. Yeah. Type situation. Yeah, I mean, the DA isn't going to come up and be like, uh, "Blah blah blah." You'll get this if you sign. If yeah. you go guilty. I mean, no, this, I think yeah. they're going to like be like they're going to come up and say, "Hey, look, he'll go away for ninety years." And be like, "Nah, I'm going to go up for like two hundred. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't imagine a plea deal here. I think no. he's going to be used no, as yeah. an example to say you can't do this crap. Yeah, seriously. Because you know? I mean, he's been doing it for a long time and getting away say, with it. These, Sorry, this I'm incident sorry. has been like it's coming up since 1998. Like this specific yeah. thing. So, and even more stuff has come out that says uh, a Germany concert venue broke their contract with him because of all this shit. I don't blame them. No, so. I, I don't either. And uh, you know that brings up a point. I wonder if they did the same with uh, Jussie, uh, with R. Kelly that they did with Jussie, and make him surrender his passport so that he couldn't travel anyway. Because I would assume he's a flight risk. I mean, if I was facing ninety years in prison, and you know there's tapes to prove you did what you did. And you're probably not going to have a pleasant time in prison. I'd have been trying to flee the country. Like, I mean, I mean, so I, I wonder if they took his passport. We should look into that. And well, if you uh, surrender bond, you are supposed to. Sur- I'm sorry. When you get bond, getting not, out, not you're supposed to surrender your passport right then and there. Only if and they consider like you this. a flight risk. He's a hundred percent flight risk. <laughs> that's what I mean, I'm saying. I mean, I would I think so. Think. Oh my god, I would think so. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of more controversy, China. They censored Rami Malik's Oscar acceptance speech, the gay man portion, because of their, like, views on that whole situation. Like, they're just now showing Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm only thinking because it won an Oscar. Yeah. It's so messed up. Was it heavily edited? You would have to imagine. Yeah, they completely edited his speech, and, like, a lot of viewers are pissed about it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame them. Well, it's I mean, uh, China, China's been siding with Russia a lot, and they have not been giving uh, rights to anybody. Yeah, of uh, in that, and they've been having a lot of issues with that. Too. Yeah, the, I mean, the fact is, it's an outdated country with yeah. outdated views. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I mean, the the only reason I think it's just such an outrage is because. This, don't you think this would stop a lot of productions coming to your country? You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's just not helping your revenue. Well, it doesn't appear that everybody on the other side of the pond, maybe maybe China over in Asia, yeah, but, and, yeah. uh, but apparently a lot of people over in Europe are huge fans of Rami, and yeah. they apparently now uh, just released that he is in final talks to play the villain in the mm. next James Bond movie. I could totally see that. I could totally see like, that. for sure. Yeah, uh, apparently the only thing that they're trying to negotiate is working around his filming schedule for uh, Mr. Robot. Makes sense. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I mean, but isn't isn't that even, like, coming to an end soon? It is. Yeah, it so. is. Oh, and I saw also... Um, what Letitia Hill is that mm-hmm. her name? I think. I think so. Little sister in Black Panther. Yeah. Apparently is in Final yeah, Talks to be right. the Bond girl. Yeah. In, that'd the, be in epic. the next one. If she's the Bond girl and he's the villain, that's going to be an epic James <laughs> really Bond will. movie. That's all I'm saying. Hell yeah! That's and apparently saying. it's going to be the last of uh, Daniel Craig. 
Yep. Last one. So yep. it's going to be interesting. Oh, so could Rami be the bad guy that Ooh. takes out Bond? That would be crazy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. China wasn't the only one with some controversy. A uh, lot of controversy with the Oscars this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, including with some of the winners. But that yeah. said, despite the controversy, the ratings came out. Yeah. And the initial ratings are uh, up double digits. Now, remember, yeah. this is the first time that they went without a host in over 10 years. 10 years. And it's the first time they've seen a rise in the numbers in, in about that long. Yeah. So the question is, should they keep going without a host? I mean, why not? It was very entertaining. I thought so. I thought the tra- it's, it moved much quicker, it did. much better. It yeah. did. So, yeah, I just really thought that it, it did. Yeah, I mean, honestly... The whole time watching it live on, like, I mean, if you guys were watching it with us live on Twitter and Instagram, you That's know right. we had an Oscar live watch party. But, yeah, I honestly enjoyed it. It was uh, fun. Me too. And and like I said, without the big, long-winded jokes from the hosts who yeah. stumbled through or made their whatever. I, I mean, while it was still over three hours, I did yeah. think it was a lot quicker yeah. and a lot. And even the presenters, like, they had their own taste, their own flavor on the, right. like, Melissa McCarthy and that dude from Atlanta. Oh, my God, with they the came, costume. Yeah. <laughs> so, that shit was that so was funny. And can we, I mean, Wayne's World reunited. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was freaking, so I'm gonna hurl. I freaking. If you hurl, I'll spew. <laughs> Our key, uh, Floating down yeah, on a, the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. epic. I mean, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So maybe they should just yeah. keep it without I don't, a host. I don't know. I mean, uh, having a host, uh, it's depending on which host it is. Yeah. Unless you're bringing back Billy Crystal, I say keep going hostless. I am. I mean, I mean it, it worked out. Billy yeah. Crystal is like, he's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but Yeah, seriously. But I mean, let's talk about the Oscar winners of the night. It was mm-hmm. a big night. Some history was made. Netflix made some history. They won their first documentaries that weren't featured in do- the documentary section. Right, right, their first Oscars that weren't documentaries. Yep. And then Marvel also won their first Oscars with Black Panther. Yep. yep. So let's get into this. Uh, Best Picture. This was apparently an upset by some people. Green Book. Green Book. I We predicted this We one. predicted it. Yeah, but apparently some people wanted either A Star is Born or Black Klansman, I guess. Yeah. I know Spike did. Yeah. Spike, Spike was shitty. Yeah, well, I mean, Spike also a really lot of shitty. people thought that the um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was going to pick it, too. Really? Because yeah. yeah. there's a lot of people thinking that, because it picked it up at the Glo- Golden Globes. It did. You're right. Well, so. and, and, I mean, I think a lot of people thought Roma was a lock. Really? And it was not. Oh, wow. But for the the biggest thing I'm seeing, because I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot of what the people were disgruntled about, and they're saying it's taking a step backwards in the movement for... Um, recognizing blacks in the industry really? or the black movement, mm. or, or and I'm I'm while I see their point of view, yeah. I mean I can see what Black Klansmen represented and what it stood for, and and in my opinion, even if you were going to go that route, if that's your argument, then maybe hand, you should have given it to uh, Black Panther, right? Um, but. I'm not sure I really like this one critic came out and he like basically bashed it saying that they reduced the idea of the the struggle with um race in this country down to it could be decided by a conversation in a car. Yeah. And I'm not sure I understand that argument because I think that's the problem in the country today. Uh and I talk about this on my podcast uh hands down. Um is that we don't talk about things anymore. We don't come to a common, you know, middle ground because we don't talk. So this idea that this movie somehow reduces and or belittles 
the idea of what's going on in race. I just, I don't find that a valid argument. I thought this film was beautifully done. Um, I thought the relationship between Marcella and Vigo and their characters and, and I just, I really enjoyed the, the film. I enjoyed the story. I don't understand why the, the controversy. I, I don't, I don't get it. No, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, they, weren't, weren't they just saying that it was just another tale of uh, driving Miss Daisy? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, they wanted it to be more about like an African American like main person and not the relationship between a white male and an African American right. male or something right. like that. It's, so it's I just well, don't understand. It's a, yeah, now I you're just being picky. I feel like. Exactly. Well, some of it's like showing more of the vision instead of how we're more alike, how we're more different. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are starting maybe well, have the issue. Maybe that's a little. And bit here's of the it? thing: I, I had a know. real problem with. Okay, first of all, I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. Yeah, me I too. thoroughly enjoyed Black Klansman. I thought it was a brilliant film mm-hmm. i thought it was brilliantly done i think he absolutely deserved to be nominated for best director um i i enjoyed every aspect of it and i was thrilled that he won his first oscar after yeah. all these years oh my for, for the screenplay i was so ha- i wanted to jump up there with him i loved when he jumped up into sam, Jackson's sam jackson arms and, he <laughs> yeah. and he gave such a great speech yeah. about what it means to be in this country and 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 to do while not calling by name but clearly referencing the upcoming elections about do the right thing right. and that we're better than this and yeah. we shouldn't be this country of divide and hate yeah. and then he has his rings on and yeah. they're love, love hate, and hate love hate and we need to love and not hate and then he fucking drops hate like exactly. all over green book exactly. for winning while like, he tried to literally leave the it, auditorium it was really childish i guess he was pacing up and down the aisles and then went once he realized he wasn't going to get to leave before the ceremony was over he went all the way back down to his seat and purposely stood with his back face towards the right, stage. Right, right. And then continued to make the jokes afterwards backstage. They should just let says, him leave. I know. Oh, and just had a seat filler in his yeah. seat. Yeah. Because they pay seat. They, that's yeah. like the, the professional seat filler yeah. exactly. event. But he continued the the the, the ridiculousness backstage. Um, for you guys who don't know, the last time he was nominated and didn't win was um, Do the Right Thing, and that was up right. against Driving Miss Daisy. And he just literally, and while he said it jokingly, you could still hear the hate in his voice he's like oh well, yeah well it seems like every time somebody's driving in a car i lose yeah and i'm like dude wh- what happened to the love not hate exactly like, you just won your first oscar why are you not happy exactly because he didn't win two oscars <sighs> people he, are picky man it, they, they really like, are picky, so. greedy like honestly selfish because all of that that's just him being selfish, I feel like. It's That's petty. in his own... It's overly petty. Not yeah. to mention it takes away from Marcella Ali's yeah, win, his in my amazing opinion, performance. his amazing performance. You can't tell me that that film... Like, don't even look at it, but it's so hard not to look at it from, like, a racial standpoint or, like, a, a movement standpoint type of film, but... It's just a good movie. It was great. Like, yeah. it deserved an award. It's a good movie. So, I, yeah, I don't understand. But anyway, um, best actor for is uh, Rami Malek. Yeah, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. I I was pretty pleased about this one. He did completely transform himself. He did. Into, I mean, he became in the Freddie Mercury. He, did, he really was, did. Speaking yeah. of a great acceptance speech, just talking about here I am. If, yeah. If, what did he call himself? He, he called whatever his nickname was when yeah, he was a kid. Yeah. If somebody had told me a little Scooby yeah. or Scooty, yeah, whatever. something. But it was hilarious. But yeah, he just the acceptance. You know, here I am. 
you know, uh, uh, immigrant. Yeah. I mean, clearly making his political stance about on the being immigration an situation in the yeah. country. But, you know, of what Egyptian descent, I, I think he I said so, so in, yeah. you know, um, and, a, you know, playing a gay man yeah. in this movie. And, and so, oh, no, we're going to be censored on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, don't, 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 don't get censored. No. But I thought it was a really touching acceptance speech. It and, was nice. and I thought, while a little political, not over the top. Yeah, it and wasn't I thought too it was crazy. very, you know, graceful. And the, the idea that it somehow draws controversy is just insane to yeah, me. I mean, honestly, it's just. Honestly. Did you hear the thing about his bow tie? No, no, it was about his bow tie. Oh, everybody was fixing his bow tie. Lady Gaga was fixing his bow tie several times <laughs> on the red the carpet. They were fixing the bow tie because he wore the real bow tie, not yeah. the little clip. Yeah. So it won't straighten out. It uh, keeps going sideways. Classic. And I also heard he kind of, did he take a tumble off the stage? He That's did. Yeah. He yeah, did. He, took a he went oh. and, like visited paramedics, but he was fine. He was, he, he was yeah. all okay. That was just in case of uh, something. Yeah. But he, was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> that's that like pretty, not I didn't the time even, to have yeah. that moment. You're like, you're having dumb moments of your acting exactly. career this is the top peak you're like oh my Whoops. god and then fall <laughs> off stage like that's yeah. your worst nightmare oh. yeah. but um glenn close's worst nightmare olivia right? olivia coleman winning oh. best actress yeah for the favorite she was so upset that she won she's like this she, is this is not how i wanted to do it yeah she was so sad how i wanted i wanted you to win yeah here she's almost i wouldn't be surprised she would just walk down there and be like here you did it it says a lot about olivia coleman yeah you know that i I mean i thought that was touching yeah but it does give me some a little bit of hope but because as for anybody who doesn't know she's taking over the role of queen elizabeth in the crown yeah um from claire foy and I mean, if you listen to this podcast in the in the past, you know we are huge Crown fans and huge Claire Foy yeah. as the Queen fans, and so we were all worried. But yeah, I mean, hey, if Olivia I'm, can win the Oscar, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe there's like hope. Okay. Yeah. Still, I've been a big uh, fan st- of hers when she Claire. was on uh, doing TV shows in Britain. So yeah. I mean, she she's an awesome actress actress. Um, and her acceptance speech was, I think, by far the funniest mm-hmm. acceptance oh, yeah. speech. Yeah. Even though she was mumbling through it, she right. was cracking jokes throughout yeah. the whole time, and she didn't really st- have dead air. Yeah. Um, one little side note I want to say. Uh, I wish that people would have their acceptance thank you notes mm-hmm. in their hand. Especially uh, when you only have 90 go. seconds. Yeah. You have 90 seconds and then they go dead air and immediately every person's already starting to cue the, st- exactly. the music, starting to push the music. Like, and I can't remember which award it was or which guy it was, but he took up like the entire thing and the other guy was literally yeah. getting mad. You could see him in rage. Uh, yeah, like, like, dude, okay. I got people to thank too. Yeah. And they didn't let him thank Well, him. and he won. He was a part of another award and he exactly. went back up there and continued there to thank. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I got Interrupted earlier, yeah, so let me yeah, take this right, moment because he said I didn't get to finish who I was thinking. Yeah, it's like, bitch, yeah. other people got people to exactly. Think too. Like, like, I mean, holy shit! Yeah, that uh, was bad. Well, this, was it early on? The, the okay, we'll just go down to it. Okay, I think we'll okay. get to it. Uh, this next one was no surprise. We all predicted this one. Uh, best supporting actor. Marhasha Ali. I, yeah, I can't. Marshall I can, Ali. Yeah. Ali. Yeah, and dude, yeah. he's been just like killing it the past few years yeah, oh, yeah. he is just like on he's in fire. everything he is like, he's in alita battle yeah. right now so um just yeah the range that this guy has he i just huge fan is he huge. true detective too 
He yeah, is. yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. He is on the newer season. Yeah, perspective. huge, yeah. huge fan of his work, and I hope it, it just continues for him because I think he's a great guy. He does it for the right mm-hmm. reasons, and I think that's why he keeps winning and keeps getting recognized. And yeah, great guy. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, the best supporting actress went to Regina King. Mm-hmm. If Bill Street could talk, the real Captain America came that's out right. that night, dude. Like, I can't believe how big this went I over. Know. It's like, guys, everybody knows Chris Evans is a nice, a guy. nice guy. Plus, he was sitting next to her and her mom. He was. The so closest why guy he just to her. Do it? So why wouldn't he get up and help her exactly. up the stage? You're yeah. acting like it was some sort of a plan. Yeah. If it was anybody else, yeah. she would have tripped. It's so goofy. No, no, that's no. Just it's a, just it's just that's the internet being the internet. Yeah, they even went so far as to Photoshop the cap shield oh on it. Like, you know, helping her. I'm like, what is? <laughs> but going that that on? that's the funny part of the internet. That's I the mean, good part of the internet I going. Just, good. That's, but, I was thrilled that she won. I did. Uh, I, I love the movie. I thought the movie was fantastic, and I've been a big fan of Regina King. Yeah, for a she's lot awesome. Of years. She's awesome, and I thought her acceptance speech was very nice. I it mean, was. no politics at no. all. Just thanks, mom. Yeah, I can't believe I'm here. I, it yep. took me this long, but I appreciate it even more. Yeah. winning it at 49 as yeah. opposed to or how at 40 something. Which, yeah. by the way, I did, had no idea she was that. Old. Yeah, seriously, I, I was like, wait, what? She yeah, fantastic. she does look fantastic. So, I mean, but um, yeah. how old do you think Robbie Malik? Is he in mid twenties? He's like thirty eight. Damn! Wow! Wow! Really? Okay. He's thirty eight. I believe See, I Hollywood man. This is why we got to go to Hollywood, right, just so man. we can look younger forever. Exactly. exactly. Like that's that's honestly the main goal. So <laughs> just to go out there and look young. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now this one, oh man, huge one for Netflix. Mm. Best director, Roma Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. That's this was mentioned a lot. I yeah. mean, looking through it, it's, he has a oh. lot of rewards. Yeah. yeah, and he he broke a record. He's actually the first person, because, I mean, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here, but cinematographer. He also won for Best Cinematographer for Roma, and oh, he wow. became the first person to win a Best Cinematography Oscar for the f- same film that he directed. Yeah. He's the first That's person so to pull epic. that off. Yeah. so That's a lot. Wearing a lot of hats. That's a lot of work. It is. Director yeah. and cinematographer. I mean, wow. That's... Uh, definitely his baby. Definitely yeah. It his was baby. definitely his baby, and I still don't understand his baby, but congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least, see, this is the difference between us and crazy people. More crazy people, I should More say. More crazy people. We can admit when we don't see the hype about something. Right, Exactly. Right. And it could just be us, and we can admit that, and we have our own opinions. No, and everything's was, okay. We're still friends. It's fine. Exactly. And what was, like, um, what was it last year? Benicio Del Toro's. Yeah. The Lady in the Water. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, I, shape of Water. Shape you, of Water. You, shape you of were water. very verbal. I hated it. Really? I couldn't understand why it won uh, anything. Uh, like the mermaid, but, but, yeah. Right. I'm like, this is but just a last, really bad version of, like, mermaid man or something like but yeah i just but like you said i mean i just didn't understand the height yeah but and again this year with roma i just wasn't exactly exactly different strokes different folks people exactly uh man but like we were talking about earlier spike finally got his award with the best adapted screenplay for black Klansman. yep uh best original screenplay went to green book yep which i was pretty surprised about Uh, i expect something else but we'll talk about that uh, best animated feature was Spider-Man into the Spider Universe. I Everybody was saying this, was, this was oh a, well yeah. worth it. This was this was one. I for called it. So good. I you just did. want to go on record and say I called this. You did. I, I I thought that this one was gonna win. Did you go against him? I did. I went with Incredibles two. Wow. No, I yeah. did. Into Spider Verse. I knew. Yeah, that is oh. why. But, but I mean, oh, look. Man. To be honest, Incredibles two could have won it. It's like, by the way, I think only the sixth time. 
since they started this category, mm-hmm. which was I can't believe like twenty something years. Yeah, ago that's already. Yeah. It seems like it wasn't that long, but it's only the sixth time that a Disney pick or Pixar film has really. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so that tells you like I mean they're kicking ass, but. It is a Marvel. They did kind of win in a roundabout way because while it's a Sony film, Spider-Man's still Marvel. So hilarious. Yeah. Disney man, the juggernaut, the juggernaut. But who's Roy? Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, best documentary was uh, Free Solo. Best foreign language film was Roma. And which, when that one came about, we were like, oh, that's probably not going to win Best Picture. And we were right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And making history for best costume design, Black Panther. Man, phenomenal. It looks so good. Yes. Uh, Best film editing, probably what actually saved the film because of all the controversy, went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling went to Vice. I mean, Christian Bale. Yeah. Look, yeah. Looked Did y'all exactly see like uh, Dick um, who played Bush in there? Sam Rockwell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it, what, role, what role is he ready to play? Right. 100% ball. Not, not George Bush. Bush. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Best original score went to Black Panther. Yeah. That was a great album. So yeah. many phenomenal A-list hip-hop artists on there. Uh, this one was no surprise to anyone. Best original song went to Shallow and A Star Is Born. And and can we just talk about that for a that second? Was a because great it's, still, it's still. It's still. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. The Oscars were last Sunday. Yeah. It's still the talk of everywhere, yeah. everything. You look in your feed. They're it's doing there. like, uh, what? what is it? Like motion detecting? Like, yeah. yeah. Does, does this mean something? Are they together? Are right. they, they not? They brought like, in body oh, language. That's what it is. To yeah. like see. And almost every body language expert that's brought into and analyzed this this performance, it says it's more than just a friendship. That's something. They're not saying that there's a, a a you know they ain't getting it on. That's not what they. But they're saying it's more than a friendship. Yeah. So and and I mean and all the memes. Let's talk about her acceptance speech. Mom, Dad, yeah, Bradley. Bradley. She put Bradley next yeah. to Mom and Dad. Yeah. I mean that's got to tell you something. They're just becoming close friends. They wrote. They become songwriters. They were in yeah, the sure. deep mm, trying to get mm. this movie done. Look, we, I don't know, but I mean all the memes were like, right. I just want somebody to look, look in at my me. eyes <laughs> with my forehead touching like they touched each uh, other, or I just want such and such to look at me like that. Yeah, you know. I would just be baby mama should be worried. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Just saying. I'm not trying to start anything, but baby mama should oh, be worried. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't <laughs> But I will say, like, within five minutes of the broadcast, people are already trying to upload video screencasts. They're holding their phone up to the screen of for the song to get on YouTube. Yeah. Oh my god. But it was a brilliant performance. It was, yeah. oh it god. was. There were some audio issues, not even gonna lie. The Oscars had some audio yeah. issues. Oh. But, which uh, they fixed. I love which it. Which they fixed in editing, yeah. Yeah, the next day on all the clips on all the shows it was all perfect. Yeah. But it wasn't perfect during the broadcast. No, yeah. It, it was well, not. who was it? Someone's mic was delayed turning on was it was it, it was just up and down. Up and down like, and real hollow. It was like, yeah. Oh. It was real bad. Hollow. So anyway, um, production design, the Oscar went to Black Panther, making some more history. Yeah, for, first uh, for the Marvel, but also first uh, African-American to yeah. win production designer. That's so, so epic. Uh, sound editing and sound mixing both went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. It would... was genius, and, and you can't tell the difference between exactly. Rami Malek's voice and whoever was doing the exactly. voice. Well, it's it? three voices, three I voices. guess. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Freddie, him, and somebody else. So then all mixed together is that voice. Yep. 
So is it Adam Lambert? Isn't that who's uh, no, no, no. They, they, they had it's like this, some like, German yeah, dude. Yeah, they previewed him on GMA yeah. or something like that, and he actually sang all Lambert, of the vocals, yeah. and then yeah. they mixed in Rami and like uh, and Freddie, and like yeah, it's but it was amazing. Yeah, and I especially mean, them starting off the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. No, that was pretty kick ass. That was yeah. that was the best way yeah. to start off. Yeah, honestly, honestly, um, visual effects. That one went to First Man, which yeah, I was kind of surprised about, honestly, because. You had like Solo, a Star Wars story. You yeah. had Avengers, Infinity Ready War, Player Ready One, Player like, One. Ready Player One was, was epic, like epic yes. in its visual effects. I don't understand. I don't, how it didn't I don't they either. didn't campaign hard enough. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's what Brad now. was saying. Bradley Cooper, he was saying it's very political as much as it yep. is an art thing. So yeah. it's crazy. Um, documentary of a short. Uh, went to period end of sentence <laughs> that was a cute uh acceptance speech too. yeah she got up there she's like i can't believe a film about menstruation yeah. won an oscar <laughs> it was so funny yeah. but yeah and really i will say is. around this time didn't they go a little way too long like they kept going the music was playing the yeah. camera panned out and then they turned the lights off <laughs> oh, on the stage and I killed the go. go to the commercial <laughs> oh my goodness that's so funny um Best animated short is it Bayo? Uh, Bow. 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 Yeah. Uh, this is the one that yeah. played at the front of uh, Incredibles. Yeah, with yeah. the little uh, dumpling. Dumpling that thing. was actually yeah. a kid. Kind Make of you cry. Yeah. yeah. The dumpling that made you cry. Yeah. <laughs> but that was really great. It was, it really, was good. really great. I heard really good things about. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it deserved that one. And the best live action short is Skin, which. Um, Randall, you know, little little Randall there from This Is Us, like the yeah. tiniest Randall, yeah. is in that. Oh, really? Yeah. The well, and another Randall. connection, Andrew Carlberg, the mm-hmm. producer behind that, yeah. won his first Oscar, our guest last week, Autumn Reeser, getting mm-hmm. ready to star in Too Much Sun, also the producer of that it's that's getting ready to open up. It's all bro. connected, man. So congrats to Carl. Uh, yeah, it just Carlberg, Mr. Carlberg, great job. Yeah, seriously. So is this about the summary of the Oscars here? Come yeah, on. a little bit, a little bit. I mean, you know, we can't have a show without talking about Netflix. No, we, we love can't. Netflix yeah, and no, the competition. Or between, Disney. Or all, yeah, all of them. We love the competition. Uh, I mean, Oscar night, Netflix won four wins. They were tied with Disney, Fox, and Universal. By most wins of any studio, so, I mean, they're a big boy. I, they're a big they're boy. They're here. I, I classify them now as yeah. a studio, and I especially mean. with the this new content they have coming out. Man, like we talked about last week. I mean that Motley Crue biopic, that yep. freaking uh, that uh, Bonnie and Clyde one with the sheriffs chasing them. Yep. Like, yep. It looks so good. Well, so and, should cans now recognize them? Then, yes. well, I mean, they should. <laughs> They should, but, and a lot of people were wondering now because Fox did pretty well and Disney did pretty well. Um, and combined Sunday night, they won 11. Mm-hmm. So, which of now, of course, is the question when they merge, which yeah. we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I mean, what does that mean moving forward? Well, right. that means moving forward that if they have the same type year, one studio. Disney it gets it. is yeah, going to get like exactly. 11 Disney. Oscars that night or so. That's insane. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I can't just even think, imagine. If they had already been merged, they would have gotten 11 Oscars. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we have the picture of Walt Disney with all of his awards yeah. now, but just imagine all the awards they have I mean, at this point. Yeah. Like, almost like when you could buy all your competition. Right? Like, shit. I mean, when you could buy them outright and put them up. It's so crazy. Yeah, it man. is crazy. It's super crazy. Well, you know what else was crazy? 
freaking haters and trolls on the internet. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes had to shut down their pre-release ratings and comments because people were targeting Captain Marvel. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with people? Exactly. I don't even understand. Do you all know why? I'm, I'm still not understanding yeah, why. I, yeah, we can go into that in a second. I do want to say, though, that, that Rotten Tomatoes released today that they're readdressing how the pre pre screening yeah. ratings work or yeah. come, and but that it has nothing to do with Disney or Captain Marvel mm. their i their their decision to relook at their process yeah. bullshit no, yeah. no, no, you no. shut it down because of Captain Marvel right. you can't say that you're exactly. not relooking at it because of Captain Marvel well, exactly. it, 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 I mean I would say yeah it's because of that but it's more of like we got to cover our own ass so that Disney doesn't sue us so we're going to think it in our best interest to do this from now on mm-hmm. for all the other studios so we don't get a a sue for misinterpreting yeah. or having loss of sales right. because our rating in the beginning was wrong well, and here's the movie where was the, great. Here, okay, here's where the whole thing started about why the trolls started putting these like r- you know reviews up of which were all bullshit yeah, by the way. They were all, all made up. You know, there was no avenue for them to have actually seen the film at that point yeah. yet. All of the information that they were putting in there was just all complete made up bullshit. Um, the controversy was is that Shazam, mm-hmm. which is coming out pretty close to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Shazam, for any comic book geeks out there like myself and like a lot of people who listen to the show out there, and I affectionately say geeks, um, they know that Shazam was Captain Marvel. Yes. Uh, uh, but they were sued at one point by the company that owned them, and there was a big fight, legal fight, between DC and the original company that owned Captain Marvel, Right, and there was this whole big thing, and during all this dispute, they were able to still use the character by changing his name to Shazam mm-hmm. and moving forward in, in in that, and that's how that all went down, when DC actually like gained a ownership. It's like, okay, we'll change the name, yeah, you right. drop the lawsuit. But eventually, DC won that lawsuit, yeah. had the right to call him Captain Marvel again, yeah. but Marvel had already at that point come out with a character named Captain Marvel, ah. so DC decided to just... Keep it as Shazam and move forward. So that's where the controversy begins. These trolls feel like, well, there's this constant competition between DC and Marvel and DC and Marvel in the movies. And Shazam is actually Captain Marvel. And it's not right that they're putting it up against Captain Marvel. And so they made this effort to help Shazam, the real Captain Marvel, as they were saying, by destroying Captain Marvel. Yeah. So this is a fanboy syndrome. Basically. Yeah. But much to Zachary Levi's credit, he put out a wonderful video saying, guys, this is full of shit. Stop. Yeah. You're you're lying. All of this is lies. Uh And by the way, I want Captain Marvel to do really well. I've I've heard that they want us to do really well. Exactly. There is no competition between DC and Marvel or Warner Brothers and Disney. We both want the films to do well. It helps both of our genres. Yeah. And and I mean it was a great video and he's right. I mean this is this idea of trying to destroy somebody's film mm-hmm. in to, in an effort to help another film is just ridiculous. Right. Well, I mean that goes back to like everything. I mean we talk about the battle between Netflix and Disney, but we read that article like a, pa- a couple weeks ago that's like we are more worried about Fortnite than we are Disney. Right. Like, they're more worried about VR stuff. They're not looking at it as competition against one person. It's against the whole entertainment industry. Right. Yeah. So. I mean if yeah, if either well, if, one of these films does well, it helps the other Exactly. Film. Superheroes mean, so, are the thing. Exactly. I just have one question then. If they want each other to do really well, Will there be a DC Marvel crossover movie? The rumor is is that they're going to do a Funko film 
and that it will be a Marvel DC crossover and that Disney and Warner Brothers are on board with that. So we'll have to see if that follows oh, through. Oh, that would be awesome. But I'm telling yeah, you, that yeah. would be fucking epic. Hell and they're yeah. talking about actually having the voice actors that are currently yeah. doing as the Yeah, having Robert so, Downey Jr. Yeah, oh my so God. I can't even tell you how fast I would be at that theater. I know. Like, even I mean, like, that would be so insane. It really would. Uh, but this is also insane. Speaking of Captain Marvel, a crowdfunding campaign was held for to get screenings for girls and it tops out at sixty thousand dollars so now all these little girls are gonna go see a hero right and i mean that kind of started with black panther yeah but it's kind of you've seen it it with uh made it's several films now have decided to do this Mm -hmm. and it's been working really well i think it's a great thing it is i think it's not hurting anybody it's not begging for money for anybody it's simply a crowdfunding if you want to donate you donate especially for underprivileged kids yeah for underprivileged kids and especially girls who need good role models and apparently this is an excellent role model film that's like really strong with it so exactly well it doesn't even look like the rotten tomatoes stuff the rotten tomatoes trolls are holding back Captain Marvel. They're predicting like 150, 160 million, man. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's on track right now because it's gaining positive word. I guess, like what we just talked about, you know, um, Rotten Tomatoes kind of readdressing how it's the reviews and and then you got the positive like we just talked about with the um the GoFundMe campaign yeah. with the girls and all so it's tracking well now yeah. uh, word of mouth and so yeah 160 million dollar opening weekend I don't know how much it's gonna make but one thing is for certain it will continue Marvel's track yeah. record of every single movie opens at number one yeah guys when oh, you think sure. about this ten years twenty plus movies. All at number one. Yeah. Every single one is opened at That's number one. That's super crazy, man. That yeah. I mean, which the Captain or not Captain America, Thor Ragnarok, that opened around what was it, one seventy? I think so. Hundred and seventy million. Yeah. I'm trying to think uh how much like their first installment ones opened. Yeah. Ant Man is uh Ant Man this last one, Ant Man and the Wasp, I wanna say seventy five to eighty million. Yeah. So I mean this one's gonna outpace that one, uh, by a landslide. Yeah. It's it's comparable to like the first Iron Man and the first uh, Th- uh I mean the uh Thor Ragnarok. Yep, so yep, we'll because see. I just looked up estimated the first Iron Man was 140 million. So there you go. Yeah. So it's what if it's going to be another man, pillar, man? I'm telling you, it's going to be I'm another just, pillar. It, it doesn't hurt when you catch pictures of her on the red carpet, or in this case, blue carpet. That was with a beautiful that tiny dress. little girl. Oh, Did that you was see awesome. Yeah, how, that smile on that yeah. girl's face. You're that, my I mean, hero, or whatever. Yeah, that she post. is never going to forget that. Yeah, and kudos to Brie. You. Yeah, Brie Larson for. I, I, it's going to track huge. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, so oh, no, gonna slam Disney DC and Fox. <laughs> Listen, though, I mean, we we did find out this week, and oh boy, am I excited about this. Apparently, the final hurdle, which was the regulatory uh, stuff in Brazil that Disney Fox had to clear yeah. before they were going to be accepted uh, for the merger, yeah. apparently that cleared, uh, that is done. Apparently, that was the last hurdle, and now they're saying that a closing date and the completion of the merger... Mm. Could be done by next week, March 8th, when Captain Marvel opens. What does this mean? Now, what I think this means is, (laughs) and what a lot of fanboys are hoping this means is, is that at the end of Endgame, because you know Marvel, they do post-credit scenes in every movie. At least, like, two. (laughs) I just think that maybe we're going to see the the FF, the old Fantastic Four, at the end of Endgame. (laughs) Because now there's no restrictions. Yeah. Now it's like fair game. These are our properties. I remember seeing the rumor that uh, who saves Iron Man. Uh, Well, 
I mean, now I think I guess they're saying Pepper and Captain Marvel, but I, I'm mm. not real sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, th- who knows? Who knows? I, I, because, was, like, I was just thinking uh, I, I saw a pick or someone was projecting that was Silver Surfer. I mean, look, the, the Russo brothers have said that <sighs> everything you've seen out there is intentionally misleading. Mislead yeah, yeah. so, so it could be. But I want, like I said, if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, okay, the 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 last one. They had the Watchers in there. Yeah. And the Watchers are forever linked to the Fantastic Four yeah. comic books. I mean, that with Galactus and, and all. Why put them exactly. in there? Why even tease them? First of all, how? Because they are a Fantastic Four property. So that says to me that Murdoch and yeah, Iger have been, been having talking. something going on. They knew this merger was going to happen, mm. even though the Comcast was in it, or is this going to yeah. get in? Will it? They knew no For matter sure. what, they were going to make that merger happen. Yeah. I think there was an agreement way back, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the Watchers were in it. Yep. And I think when they did the reshoots a few months back for Endgame, mm-hmm. I think they secretly shot mm-hmm. either... A post-credit scene? Yeah, I think either the Fantastic Four, or we're going to see Galactus, or we'll at least see a quick skim by of Silver Surfer. Oh my something to indicate that they're coming yeah. into the MCU. But I got to tell you this right now. If it's the Fantastic Four, if we actually see the Fantastic Four, that's got to be the most safely guarded secret yeah, in Hollywood in history. Hollywood right now. Because that would have meant that they've already cast them. Exactly. And how we haven't heard who's yeah. been cast. Is well, a- I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past Marvel, man. Freaking remember Infinity War? Like, the cast didn't even know how it was going to end. Exactly. So Exactly. I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I, if it's the Fantastic Four in this movie at the end, I I I might just turn to a puddle oozing. The <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would be so fucking excited. So did you bring the sponge? The <laughs> yeah, bring the sponge. But I mean, have let's to hope. Soak him up. Right? Let's hope. Ugh. Oh um, my goodness! And by the way, still current cut three hours. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they tried another edit, and it's still at three hours. Damn, so. this is Endgame three hours. Yeah. yeah. They they've uh, apparently tried to cut this thing down. What I think they're on the like their sixth something cut, like that. And well, so they still, just do like a uh, Hobbit and just chop it in half well, I and mean, go. Here's they, two. Put movies. it this way: right. Marvel Marvel has seen it, and they're hinting that if at its current state, they're talking about having an intermission. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's do an intermission. Give people get up, go to the bathroom, yeah. go and get some popcorn. Just put like, like a timer school. on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it'll 10, start back ten fifty nine, Okay. Well, one thing's for sure: the buzz is ki- whether Fantastic Four is in it or not, yeah. or who's gonna die and who's gonna live. People want to see this movie, and Seriously. that's evident because right now, whether the Fantastic Four are in it or not, or whatever, it is currently tracking to open between two hundred and eighty-two and two hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Oh my goodness, man! What if it actually hits the three hundred million? There, I mean, rumor has it could be the first three hundred exactly. million dollar. That eight. would be huge for Marvel because the first two hundred million, and then the first. 300 million right Ooh. i mean let's face it marvel holds the right infinity war the yeah. last one holds the record 252 million dollar opening yeah. weekend so even if it does the 282 or 285 yeah. i mean it's taken number one it's, by a landslide yeah. 30 plus million more than infinity war yeah. um and disney let's just continue to talk about the juggernaut <laughs> right? they hold currently nine out of the top 10 all-time opening weekends that's crazy They'll have 10 out of 10 yeah. if this one does it. Seriously. And yeah, it's Star Wars and Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah. Disney Man, the Juggernaut. 
Like I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Just 285 million. It's not even conceivable in three days. Yeah, that is insane. Exactly. But I'm pulling for it. Hell yeah, I really am. You're gonna make me happy. I mean, we see it every like day over Twitter. People talking about those pictures that the Russo brothers put out there and just trying to evaluate and trying to pick them apart. Exactly. It's so crazy. Look, trying to look for the hidden message. They've been talking about this film since Infinity War ended. Ended. Yeah. So there's no. I mean. It's not surprising that yeah. it's tracking to well, open Well, before so it even came out, remember, we got that set photo of them in the old costumes. <laughs> yeah. So we're so, like, what the hell? What exactly. is that? Exactly. So much interest. It's no surprise it's selling tickets like crazy. So epic. But, okay, we should say, it's not all good news that came out this week for, for Disney and Fox. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Fo- They did announce today that Emily DeChanel and David Boreans and uh, executive producer Barry Josephson, and th- he's also the showrunner from uh, Bones. You guys remember the show Bones on Fox? Yeah. Um, they have been awarded $179 million in their lawsuit against Fox. Damn. Um, at the heart of this whole lawsuit, if you guys remember, it, it was um, so-called self-dealing or studio accounting, if you will. Yeah. Um, if you remember us talking about it on the show a few weeks back, um, whoa, early on in the show, maybe last year, about The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, a similar type. Yeah. He's suing A&E for yeah. the same thing, studio accounting. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is that a lot of these shows, and it's gone back as far as MASH yeah. and, and come up. You just didn't hear about it as much back then because you know obviously we didn't have 24-hour news cycles and right. social media and stuff. But basically the charge is that these studios cook the books and they make it look like the show is not profitable so when they sell it into syndication and they they make all these deals they're saying that they're actually losing money and then they don't have to pay Mm. the people that they've agreed to have this profit participation with um Hence, the residuals, yeah. Right, well, no, this is a bit different than just okay, residuals. Not, this is actually profit participation in sales of it, okay. like moving yeah. into syndication and stuff. So they're keeping all that money? They're keeping mm. all of the money. Well, that's the contention. Yeah. These people are saying that they're doing cooking the books and then right. keeping the money for yeah. themselves and somehow showing on paper that they're... Well, this arbitrator, Fox agreed to have it done in arbitration instead of going to court. Yeah. Uh, the arbitrator found that they indeed were cooking the books mm, um not good and yeah in fact he came out so much to so uh they were that they did avoid compensating key talent and producers mm. um executives gary newman and peter rice were called out by name oh shit and the arbitrator basically said that they gave false testimony in attempt to conceal their wrongful acts and they engaged in intentional acts of fraud and malice and showed a cavalier attitude towards the company's wrongdoing. Uh. Now, here's the sticky part. Both of those people are going to be in key executive positions in Disney when the merger happens, which we just told you looks like is going to close next week at the end of next week. Bob Iger apparently has been paying attention. He saw the ruling today and released a statement saying he still has complete confidence in the two executives. He believes in their integrity and talent and that Disney wasn't involved in this lawsuit. He's going to let the courts take care of it. And so uh, apparently he's not going to let this hinder him bringing them into the company. And 
So, but I mean, if I were him, I would watch it very carefully yeah. because if some sketchy shit shows up with one of those executives, I'd be making a move real quick. Which, like they wouldn't be coming on. Yeah, and we know Iger is not scared to do it. No, uh, so exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you saw how fast he canceled Roseanne. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so if there's some, and, yeah, but uh, this is an arbitration, so it's not really going to a court. Yeah, yeah, agreed. it's more of like it's sitting in a board meeting, and they're both like having a judge like person running the arbitration right right so we'll see i mean we'll keep an eye on it for sure yeah um developing situation but that's not all the bad news <laughs> or lawsuits that fox has to worry about yeah they are also getting ready to go to court over uh with netflix mm. um yeah you, if you guys remember a while back um Netflix or Fox filed a lawsuit against Netflix for poaching their executives right. for cherry picking because they had somebody leave and go to yeah. Netflix. Um, and like, wasn't her contract not up or whatever? Right. Yeah. Right. And now, now this is huge because however this plays out, if Fox wins, inevitably it's a Disney win yeah. because they're about to be merged. Um, but if Netflix wins, this could change the whole game. Yeah. Fox contends that Netflix has like this spreadsheet that has an algorithm that actually tracks unhappy, if you will, executives what at the other studios. And they are alerted to, hey, you might want to try to go after this yeah. one. You might want to get this one. To which Fox says, that's not even legal. Yeah. That's not even you're you're basically you know, poaching these people and making them break contracts and stuff. But it stemmed because the 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 lady that left, she was up for a promotion, right. and they offered her a promotion, but it was only for $75,000 a year, which yeah. was well below what the men who currently were in that position were making. Uh. Um, and also, they wanted her to start training other people who were making more money than her. Oh, fuck that. So she was unhappy. And yeah. she went in and said, hey, I'm done with this. I'm leaving. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't do that. You can't break your contract. And they're like, well, she's like, I'm not, t I'm not asking you. I'm telling you I'm leaving. So... Apparently Netflix, uh, I mean uh, Fox, got wind of it, yeah. and they're like, "Well, who are you leaving for?" Mm. And she said Netflix, mm. and that was it. They yeah. filed the lawsuit, and he literally on the record on com Netflix is public enemy number one. Damn. So yeah, I mean, like we all know all the studios hate Netflix, yeah. you know, because they're gunning for them. Yeah. Um, but even more so now, like right. shit. So, mm -mm, but I mean, mm. we've seen this. Netflix has also taken execs from Disney. Yeah. They, I mean, everybody's taken everybody's execs. Exactly. The one thing I find really interesting about this is that the the executive that was this woman's boss, Selkund, uh, who. If you guys or Selkie, sorry, Selkie. If you guys remember, his wife is now the head of Amazon Studios. Mm. So <laughs> I I find it ironic that a woman who is heading Amazon Studios, her husband was apparently not treating women equally yeah. and not giving them the proper pay yeah. or the proper promotions. And so how'd that conversation yeah, go down like, at what home? The hell? Or was it intentional because he didn't want executives to leave and compete because he knew his wife was going mm. to Amazon? Mm. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. I'm just yeah, a little theories, controversy. Little con theories. But I do find it odd that it is he weird. would be like that and then his wife gets ahead of a studio right. kind of a... Mm. Mm. I don't know, man. So we're going to watch this one because yeah. this could change the whole landscape. If the courts do indeed rule that Netflix 
broke the law by poaching, then yeah. that's going to change the landscape of how you can and cannot yeah. go after executives. Has it been proven that they have this spreadsheet? Apparently, yes. Mm. So, But mm. is that illegal? I guess that's right. going to be the court's exactly. you know, question. It's going to be up to a jury about whether that's illegal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we yeah. shall see. And again, let's just stick with the mergers. As you guys know, we've talked about this countless times too. The Trump administration and the Justice Department tried to block the AT&T Time Warner uh, merger, um, saying that it was a monopoly uh, and that it was um, all kinds of trouble, and they they tried to undo it. Well, they lost. Uh, AT&T beat back the effort by the government to undo its purchase of Time Warner. Um, The court said that they failed to establish that the lower court ruling made a bad error by rejecting the government's case um, and basically blocked it, said it wasn't an antitrust issue. So... That should be the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I don't, I can't see the Justice Department continuing to try to pursue right. this because, and the reason we bring this up is because it has ramifications. Look, mm-hmm. we just, Disney, uh, Fox, that's exactly. a $78 billion, which is a exactly. bigger merger than the AT&T Time Warner exactly. one was. But, so we'll we'll see, but it looks like that's finally done and over. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think forward. they're just looking at us like, oh, this is two entertainment giants, and then they're looking at these are two telecommunication giants, which is a bigger bigger impact directly to a consumer. You cannot go and buy a Disney movie and survive. Right. You might still need internet to keep your job. I'm alive just going to be honest. I think this was on. a Trump agenda against uh, Warner Time Warner because so. they own CNN and he hates CNN mm-hmm. and they. Oh, you know, yeah, he has, and I uh, think because he was willing to drop the suit if they if they sold off CNN and really? Turner. Oh, so that, I mean, and that, yeah, that's that makes, no secret. So that makes sense. Yeah, they refused to do it, mm. and and so the 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 suit moved forward. So yeah. I believe it was all in a political agenda. Yeah, seriously, goodness gracious. <laughs> and apparently, not everybody's happy. HBO's chairman and CEO Richard Plepler, I think is leaving the company. Yeah, after almost 30 years. I think he's been there like 28 yeah, and a half years. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you think about the freaking Sopranos, you think about Entourage, so many others, like, it's insane. Yeah, he greenlit some of the most famous shows in television history. Yeah. And 160 Emmys HBO won under his tenure. Yeah. So he's not the only one, though. The head of TNT is leaving as well. Mm. And rumor has it is that they were both kind of disgruntled with the way the current direction yeah. of Warner Media is going yeah. under Stevenson and AT&T. Mm. Uh, rumor was that they were going to merge TNT and HBO. Yeah. And um, a lot of jobs were going to be cut. Yeah. A lot of good people that I guess, you know, Plepler was like, I'm not okay yeah. with this kind of a thing. And so he's leaving. Yeah, exactly. Leaving. What if he shows up up at Netflix because Netflix has always said that they modeled their stuff after HBO. So what if he has a job at HBO? Uh, it's true. Or or. Or Netflix, or Disney. yeah, or Disney. Oh <laughs> I mean, man, man, freaking! Disney. They're needing a suppressor, or a, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, whew, original content yeah. that would open up. I mean, this guy knows how to green light shows. Exactly, so. exactly. They need somebody. Yeah, and and oh my gosh, yeah. We're gonna keep an eye on this one because again, it goes back to whale when we were talking about like cherry picking executives and stuff. Yeah. Now this guy's voluntarily leaving. But somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah. Netflix, I'm I mean, sure their little algorithm valuable. is dinging right yeah. now. Like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Well, he's mean. too valuable not to be picked oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe CBS. Mm. A replacement for Les Moonves? Oh, maybe. Oh. Yeah, good thought. Good oh. thought. 
Well, yeah, we're definitely going to track this one. Hell yeah. And one thing Stevenson did also announce, uh, the head of AT&T, Warner Media, is that anything and everything is on the table. Yeah. And that's good news for Bob Iger and Disney because Disney just announced that they are aggressively in talks with Warner Media about buying their 10% of Hulu. Mm. As you guys know, once the the merger goes through with Fox, which we talked about a little bit earlier, they will own 60% of Hulu. Yeah. Controlling interest. Yeah. But they want it all. So they're actively going after this, which will give them 70%. Yeah. Now, the, that would leave 30%, which Comcast, <laughs> which the freaking know, fly, yeah, man, that won't go away. No, they're, they're a little bitter that Disney got yeah. 21st Century Fox. We're keeping our 30%. That's exactly what they said. They said inevitably they feel like they'll, in the end, probably give it to Disney, yeah. but not right now. Yeah. I think they're bitter. Exactly. I think they're bitter. Like, so we're going to keep an eye on this, though, because like we've talked about on other shows and previous shows, Hulu is going to be the outlet for all of the canceled Netflix Agreed. Marvel shows. Yeah. That's where all the Marvel properties are headed. Exactly. And you know Disney wants full control of it to be able to do that. So Hell we're yeah. definitely keeping an eye. My my money is they get this 10%, and within a year they get the other 30% Agreed. from Comcast. So yeah. We'll see. Hell yeah. All right. Back to happy stuff. Happy stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about some more movies and some sequels that are coming out. Yeah. Um. Puss in Boots, man, this one, the last one came out in 2010, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's coming back with a sequel. Signed on is the director from newly Oscar wind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Universe. Bob, uh, I can't even say it. Hershietti, I think. Hershietti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that right. that's pretty exciting. Now, is this going to be Antonio Banderas again? Right, like, I mean, you know, because that would be awesome. Hell yeah. I liked Puss in Boots. I, I did thought too. it was a creative spin on the character, honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah, coming from Shrek and everything. So. Yeah, and I mean, with, with that director attached, I mean, it's bad. Now, yeah. will they do it in like the style of, will it be different forms of animation, uh, of animation. that they merge That'd together and stuff? Cool. That would be pretty epic. Yeah, so. but being, being a sequel, I mean, do you think they would take that risk? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I mean, we'll see. We'll you got to keep it relevant. Exactly. Though, I, mean. I mean, especially if you see how the industry is changing. So you got to yep. keep up. You that could be one of their slogans, though. We've upgraded graphics. We've got graphics. Mm, this next one. Mm. Yeah, I'm so confused by this one. Yeah. Um, Hotel Transylvania 4. It's got a release date of 2021. And I was actually surprised by this. Each film has made more and more with its world gross. So that makes sense why they keep bringing them back because you and I reviewed this one on Is It Worth It? Yeah. And we hated it. We hated it. Your sister fell asleep. My sister fell asleep. The target age group for this film. No, it was, we watched it in the theater. Yeah, in the theater. And look, his sister is the target age group for this film. Yeah, 11 years old, yeah. She fell asleep. Yeah. I mean, I should tell you everything. So when they announced the sequel, I'm like, what? Yeah, I was so confused by it. It just wasn't very good. It, it wasn't. Just, I mean, it seems like it's costing them around each film like eighty million to make it, and normally they make it looked like around like forty million back in the first opening weekend. So I guess that's why Adam Sandler keeps doing it because I, I, mean, I mean, what me else and is Suzanne he doing? Found this one part that was worth it was the Gremlins. They were kind of funny. Uh, speaking of the Gremlins, I, I just saw a headline about this. I heard they're going to make an animated, animated Gremlin feature out of yeah, it. I'm there, all yeah. in on that. That's pretty on cool. That, yeah. Not not another yeah. Transylvania, but another that would be yeah, Gremlins. Epic, though. I yeah, love the on. fucking Gremlins. Hell yeah. That would be, I mean, an animated sequel would be awesome. Oh, man. They were so creepy. So creepy. And I mean, speaking of creepy stuff. A Quiet Place sequel, mm. John Krasinski coming back, and of course his wife Emily Blunt is coming back as well. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. How's he this. coming back? You can't. He can only direct. No, he's he can't directing. Be... Yeah, spoilers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, spoilers. Krasinski can't come back and be in it. Yeah, yeah he died. Uh, but uh, R.I.P. 
Yeah, apparently uh, he is uh, signed on to direct, and he's writing the script. Yeah. From what I understand, he's writing the script. Epic. So it should be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if it was as much dialogue as last time, <laughs> it'll be done like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what was it about three pages yeah, of dialogue? I mean, if that. Well, I mean, you know, no, there was a lot of, there was was a a lot of sign language inter- yeah. dialogue. Yeah. That was a great interview that he gave, though, that you know he was really talking about. You would be... You know, impressed at actually how hard it is to write yeah. a script with no dialogue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing I, think is, I mean, it's got. He talks be. about it on uh, the Hollywood uh, Reporter with on the Round Table. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, great film though. Yeah, great film. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. This next one, I'm pretty excited about because this could add a lot of juicy material to the film. <laughs> oh, Star juicy is born, material. Um, is set to release to be re released with an extra additional. 12 minutes. Ooh. What does this mean, guys? I don't know. Like, more in-depth on their relationship? No, it just shows a quick recap of uh, uh, them them dating. <laughs> just well, a quick I mean, montage. No, that's good, though. I mean, I wonder. Does it go into the relationship more? Is it more concert performances? Yeah, like, what is it? Is it more of the afterwards, after he... I mean, I think everybody has seen this movie by now. Yeah. No, after he, no, oh. we haven't. I, uh, after well, uh, after does happens. it deal with the aftermath? Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like that could have right. been expanded on a little Honestly, bit. Honestly, so I, I mean, this is yet, and it, it, or maybe even a little bit more on him and his brother. Mm, yeah, because I mean, there. I can't because that last scene when they were in the truck together, that was it. Yeah, and I mean, because like it's like you find out, you know. Th- who they are, and then the quick little fight scene. Yeah, and then, and then I mean that was kind of like, yeah. I wish they did share more scenes together. So, so maybe, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, some Facebook news. We got some Facebook topics. Facebook Watch. Um, Zach Efron just signed on to an. Is it an animated series? Yeah, with Human, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Oh wow. Uh, Human Discoveries. It's going to be about the Stone Age. Yeah, it takes place. Yeah, the Stone uh, it's going to premiere later <laughs> this year. Yeah, and it's going to tell the story of a group of friends living at the dawn of human civilization. Interesting. First of all, Zach Efron and Anna Kendrick are probably going to be fucking hilarious. They probably are. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be an yeah. adorable little, you know, team up right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Facebook, see, you can't, you can't, you somehow we always talk about the biggies, but Facebook and Apple it are still there. there. You can't leave them out of the no, conversation because they're still making moves. Yeah, they're so. still making a lot of content. I they mean, are. they just signed, they just signed a, a deal today, picking up Will Smith's bucket list series idea. See, there and apparently, go. this series, his YouTube channel has hit so much with a good, relevant audience that. That his this bucket list series is exactly that. He's going to be checking off things of his bucket list, and people are just going to be filming it. See? That's mean, so that's, cool. Yeah, like that's I, a dream job absolutely. right there. And absolutely. it's going to be around uh, six episodes. And Jada's already on Facebook Watch, yep. so that connection's already there. Yep, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And today we found out more news about Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he is not returning to suicide squad this will be interesting because like did what's his face um gun there james gun he already started writing the script like yeah. what if he was involved in it exactly so are they oof. Well, i hope they don't replace him now they're saying it was amicable yeah and they're saying that it was due to scheduling conflicts yeah so makes sense he seems like a busy guy he does seem like a busy guy and they're you know they've shifted the date but see, my thing is, and and the studio did announce today that they're considering as to whether they're going to recast the role yeah. or just leave it out of the film altogether. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they, remember, James Gunn himself said this isn't a sequel as it is a new a re, take, a re, yeah. yeah, a reboot, if you will, yeah. 
Um, so it's so weird. Then why call it Suicide Squad too? Like, right. right. Well, so and maybe they, it won't be. Maybe yeah. that's a working title. Yeah, and exactly. It to that's else. just what they're referring to um, it as. I feel like if you're gonna have anybody from the original one, which yeah. apparently they are, because Gunn has made no you know qualm about he wants Margot Robbie. Yeah. You know, and so if you're gonna have that Harley Quinn. Okay, then I feel like you should just not recast Deadshot. Yeah. Just leave him out leave of the film. Out, yeah. Add a couple new characters yeah. or something. There's plenty of characters who have been exactly. in and out of Suicide Squad. Exactly. So I just feel like if you're going to keep Margot Robbie, who was so intertwined with Will Smith's Deadshot, yeah. it would make sense to leave him out exactly. instead of recast him. So Exactly. And I mean, you got some pretty cool characters. You got like Diablo and like what, the, yeah. the crocodile guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like, like I said, there's there's numerous that haven't even, that weren't in the first movie that have been in the comic books yeah, that they could bring exactly. in. I mean, so the endless possibilities. Yeah. Plus, what does this mean for Arrow? Mm. Remember, Deadshot was yeah. on Arrow yeah. and they made him take it off because mm-hmm. they were doing the movie. But mm-hmm. if they're not gonna then, does he show back up on arrow yeah that would be really cool because i i like i'm just gonna say I'm personally, just gonna say i like the version on arrow far better than i liked in the, the movie will smith one, i yeah. like will smith yeah. don't give it i just i liked that version on arrow better yeah. so maybe that translates to good news yeah we shall see and we have to say some more interesting news if we're talking about sequels and what's going to happen and not happen or reboots if you will Everybody knows that Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. coming back. Uh, you know the Reitman family is redoing. Yeah, uh, the son is taking over for where Daddy left off, and we're gonna just act like that last one didn't happen. Apparently. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is supposed to be, um, if you will, not a reboot, but an homage to the original yeah. Ghostbuster movies. Um, scarce details. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, not a whole lot released yet. Yeah, but apparently. Uh, Finn Wolford from Stranger Things yeah. auditioned. Mm. Uh, they said that Reitman and the executives were blown away by his audition. That's so epic. they released that him um, and, and Rachel Kuhn mm-hmm. are going to be cast in this film. And now they've released a little bit of a detail that it's going to follow along a single mom and her son. Yeah. So now we have little pieces about yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to see the connection. I want to see how it connects to the other ones. Yeah. Well, look. He's killing it. He's awesome on Stranger Things. Yeah. He was incredible in it. So yeah. I mean, you dude, feel he like... was just in a Weezer music video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I just feel like he's gonna jump right in and just nail it. Agree. Ghostbusters. He's so. definitely one of the brightest and biggest up and comers. Yeah, and I'm excited because again, I mean, I love Melissa McCarthy. I was not a fan of that last yeah, whatever. That I didn't was. even give it a chance. No. So let's just uh, do this one right. You know, and, and, and let's hope this one's it. I love the casting news, though, and I can't wait to see how that's going to go down. Yeah. So. Um, television side of things, NBC, they just love Dick Wolf, man. They do. Seriously. They, they do. renewed all three of the Chicago dramas. Yeah. Like He's he's feeling it right now. They, they renewed really all is. three of the Chicago dramas. They renewed uh, SVU. So well, it's going to become the log- longest-running procedural drama in history. Wow. wow. Uh, and... On the on the CBS side, which apparently loves him too, they've approved a sequel and spinoff for uh, FBI. Oh wow! So his huh. empire is just yeah. yeah. And rumor has it there's a new Law and Order coming. Mm, man. So yeah, are yeah. they leaving New York? <laughs> uh, I I think because they tried to, the Law and Order in L.A. and it didn't keep. Yeah, no, I think they're staying in New York, but it deals with a different set of uh, division within the police department. Yeah. It's not dealing with like 
Oh, I think you, it was gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be the, the uh, department that investigates cops. Mm-hmm. No, well, that'd, that'd be, interesting. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. where they keep yeah. going after internal crooked affairs, cops, internal affairs. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forget what, what they said, but it, it it'll actually spin off of SVU and That's deals cool. with yeah. So he yeah, Dick Wolf man, yeah, rocking and rolling. They love Dick Wolf, rocking and rolling. I mean, <laughs> this is something new to the podcast. We never really talk about wrestling and professional wrestling and WWE and stuff, but we do talk about Batista and his lack of appreciation for Disney. And yeah. apparently <laughs> he's going to be showing back up on Raw. Yeah. Like I, I, well, when he left, because I do know this a little bit, yeah. he was a whiny little bitch. Yeah. That's just, yeah. just the only way to put it, not to be downsiding anybody, yeah. but he... His character arc was whiny. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna quit because I can't get the bell. Oh, gracious. And he well, I mean, he's following kind of along the lines of Rock. He, even yeah. after Rock became a huge movie star, he went back to wrestling for a year yeah. or so. And, like, and you I know, mean, he still pops well, some in of the and best, out sometimes. Yes. Some of the best wrestling matches for us at that time, especially against him and Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve so, Austin. And then I've also heard that he's apparently uh, on board with James Gunn's new project. Yeah. Yes, so, I've heard that, that too. Funny. Yeah. It, yeah. Not Suicide Squad. No, but, but the, another but the, yeah, one. Yeah, the other one that he's so good for him. I yeah. mean, he's following. Yeah. Um, and keeping with the wrestling, uh, Roman Reigns mm-hmm. uh, announced that his cancer is in remission and that he's headed back to the WWE. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And did wow. you see this bullshit, though? What? There were actually people on Twitter and social media hammering him, saying that he was full of shit in the first place. Wow. And that it was all a publicity stunt and that he That's never actually... So much so that the Cancer Society had to come out and say, look, leukemia works this way, this way, and this way, and he did actually have it. He could have recovered like this, and he is able to make it back to wrestling. Yeah. You people need to wow. just like... But, I mean, come on, really? Well, yeah, the thing is, is that they blur... In, in WWE, they blur the reality line Yeah, but this guy's so got much. a family and a kid, and he... I mean, we actually had him in our... You know, for all everybody who listens to the podcast and everything... Uh, you know, you guys know we work in the local broadcast market mm-hmm. down here. We actually had him on as a guest on our show, yeah, on wow. our noon show, yeah. and uh, he talked very seriously about what he was going through, and, yeah. and and you could see him at that point in person. It's different than on TV in person. You could see that he was going through some stuff physically. Yeah. Um. So I, I, this idea that he was faking it is that's just, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing, though. They make they blur the line. I'm not saying like everything feels like reality. It's just that they blur that line to where. Oh, these two people got married. No, no, they didn't. Right. Oh no, they. Well, this, I mean, this but happened. it's, it's, it's one like, thing eh. to fabricate a marriage or to fabricate a hatred towards each other, but mm-hmm. to fabricate cancer. Yeah. I feel like it even well, they Vince fabricated wouldn't several, go that far. Like, or I mean, and stuff like to that. fabricate someone beating you up as a hate crime, though. So yeah. Sure. You know, oh, I, you can't yeah. trust anybody now. It's so, so are we hard. saying that Jussie maybe after he gets out of jail, uh, has I hated a, has it. A I career opportunity. I hated. I stood up for that, man. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, we were pissed, man. We were <sighs> pissed, super pissed. But anyway, happy Roman Reigns is coming back yes, to the WWE definitely. because he yeah. has a passion for it, and that's what he wants to do. Definitely. So, and other exciting news: Kobe Smolders. Yep. Yep. She's going to be returning to ABC. And I say returning to ABC because for anybody who knows, she's made a couple appearances on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, in her guise from that role. Um, But she's returning. She's going to be playing a former military intelligence officer turned private eye. 
uh, in the new drama Stump Town. Mm. I was really happy about this because, as you guys know from last week's show, I was really fucking pissed <laughs> that say, Netflix yeah. canceled Friends <laughs> from College, of which she starred yeah. in, and after only two seasons. And her character was one of the main characters that had the cliffhanger yeah. at the end of this season yeah. that you really wanted to go, wait a minute, yeah. what's going And I'm, now I'll never fucking know. Oh Thank goodness. you, Netflix. Yeah. But ABC <laughs> is bringing Colby back only after two weeks after being canceled. She's already got another yeah, job. Yeah, rocking and, and rolling. I always awesome. understand that. On tons of series do that. Why can't they really, like, they made the script for that yeah. after it got canceled. Yeah. yeah. Can they just kind of release just a small novel or something. small yeah. book yeah. or something? Well, just look, like I mean, we can fans. address that. Save Scorpion campaign, the right. Save, Daredevil, save Daredevil, Punisher, Punisher Jessica, Punisher. all the Marvel all series. Them. Now this one, I feel like they do that to a lot of series where it's just like, yeah, I know you're doing great, and right. I know you but guys kind of left it at a cliffhanger, but you're not coming back. That's like a big f you like, to the fans. Fuck. Yeah, you know, it's like super because, shitty. I mean, no, like Deadwood just end. Yeah. There was already like yeah. they already set their building up building. Yeah. They didn't even get up to the cliffhanger yeah. of that season. They're yeah. mid season. Exactly. They went. We're pulling the plug. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, fucking last like, tycoon. Wait a second. We last tycoon. Uh, don't even get last us started tycoon. on last tycoon. We had Billy Ray on the show. He was a phenomenal interview. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to Billy Ray. If you guys haven't been following Billy Ray on social media, you should. All this stuff going down. He's been greenlit for the Comey movie. Yeah. So, and he was talking about that on the interview. Go back yeah. and listen to that interview. We wow. talk all about Last Tycoon and he, James Comey. Uh, he's working on a James Comey movie, and oh man, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Can't and wait I can't wait one. to talk to him about it. And remember, the rumor is, is that at least one character from The Last Tycoon may mm. be seeing a return. Oh. Mm. My, my fingers are crossed oh. that it's uh, Lily Collins. But we'll see. This guy. We'll see. Oh man. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Now, she has decided not to work on the upcoming film, the upcoming animation film, Luck, Yep, because of John Lasseter. Yeah, as a, if you guys listen to our show, um, man, see, we are so on top of stuff. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we announced that Skydance Animation had hired John Lasseter. Um, a lot of the employees, not... Huge fans of that move. Yeah. They sent out this letter basically saying, here's why we're hiring him. We're sorry. We know this kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Just to refresh your guys' memory, John Lasseter is the person who, one of the persons who founded Pixar. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and the chief worked yeah. for Disney for a long yeah. time and then left. The mind go. behind story, uh, Toy Story. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he was, if you're not familiar, accused of uh, sexual misconduct yeah. and crude behavior oh. towards women um harvey so basically that's it emma did a scathing letter to to the company and uh basically said that she doesn't understand how um anybody could work for uh a studio that would hire someone like that and she said unlike your employees i have a choice yeah and then she said now look at she she really respects and admires the director and she was the only voice talent attached, apparently. Oh, wow. So she said she understands that pulling out right now while the film is in pre-production severely hurts him. Yeah. And that she said, I respect him and adore him, and I would work on other projects with him, but he has to understand yeah. my position, and I just cannot, exactly. in my own right, work exactly. on this film. Well, I remember being there being some like awkwardness when he first came off came on at Skydance. Remember they held like a meeting and everything yeah. and like yeah. you guys could talk to me about it or whatever. Like it's still really shady, bro. 
I, 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 I don't blame her. Do you think, respect uh, if, to her. If like, he was to step down from his position, would she come back to that movie? Probably. Yeah. But I don't okay. think he. They have no. I doubt he would yeah. no. step down. I mean, they just would brought yeah. him in. So. Exactly. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if more actors come out with stuff like this because yeah. they don't want to work with douchebags like I that. I mean, and and rightfully so. Yeah. Look, I, I, you don't want to take anything away from his professional accomplishments. Right. That what he was able to do with Pixar and Toy Story, and we wouldn't have the things that we have today. Yeah. Without it. That said. You also can't overlook his exactly. douchebaggery. Exactly. And so, exactly. And there it is. It's I mean, two different worlds and yet the same at the same time. Exactly. It's really hard. So it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. But um what something else is really difficult, and I'm surprised by this. Uh, you know, we are huge fans of Oprah. Huge fans. No. Yep. Are we are? Uh, wow. yeah, we end the show every day, wow. every time with Oprah. Um but this is very surprising. She's set to host an After Neverland special with the Michael Jackson accusers. Yeah. Uh, I, this is not I the did... first controversial thing. She's done this in her, I mean, uh, TV show. Well, I just thought she was on his side. like Because, I mean, you know, I'm generalizing here, yes. But a lot of the African-American community sticks with the African-American community. Right. So I'm surprised that. He, she is on his side because a lot of the African American community is still behind Bill Cosby. Yeah. So yeah. this well, is where I'm coming from. Well, this will be interesting too, though, because she hasn't really said what approach she's going right. to. Right. I mean, I'm wondering if she's agreeing to do this in an attempt to Sway somehow, yeah, you know, try discredit to, the accusers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it could be one of Balance those the type playing fields. Yeah. yeah. Because for anybody who, who's who's been paying attention. The um everybody's coming out against these accusers, saying, "Well, the the whole Jackson family, all the surviving ones, yeah, were in just an, interview on an interview just recently with, oddly enough, CBS. Oprah's best friend, yeah, Gail, um, right. <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, yeah, no, no, you know, no. um, and just uh, but yeah, coming out saying this is ridiculous. He yeah. was never this, and in fact, it was you know his childishness yeah. was what it was his innocence exactly. and all this kind. Of, so maybe it is an attempt to kind of like, yeah, you know." I don't know, man. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. There's a lot of Michael Jackson documentaries coming out right now. There, I think there, there's three. Yeah, three. So we shall well, see. Well, I mean, and it's also the lawsuits and everything yeah. happened. He never got a charge. Yeah. Um, when he faced them, I mean, it, he did have settlements out of well, court. Well, he did go to that one trial where he was acquitted. He was yeah. acquitted. I'm really confused about how he was acquitted. Yeah, you know. It's crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. I watched that trial because yeah. I'm old. There was so crazy stuff that happened. That he was well, doing they in that subpoenaed, trial too. They subpoenaed him, and he basically, he you know, this yeah. kid's testimony was that described he was molested. It, yeah. and happened, and he described everything. And so they subpoenaed Mike, and Mike. They took pictures of his genitalia and stuff, and it matched what the kid said. Yeah. So and how I'm did... like, how is he acquitted? Like, exactly. how else would this kid know what Mike's junk looks like? Exactly. And, I mean, it... maybe the kid was a peeping tom. And he... <laughs> <laughs> Goodness yeah, okay. gracious. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, I no, mean, it I was know. it was an interesting trial then. Yeah. It's an interesting story now. Exactly. Um, exactly. So... Be- I. Th- I think it was acquitted because they had tried to push uh, Michael Jackson to pay out a 
money to the kid. Mm. So it might have been a situation that happened, but because the parents of the child or the guardians of the child try to push for money, it already destroyed their case. Because mm. if you go up and try getting money from someone who's wronged you outside of the court system, you look more money well, hungry. And part of the controversy for this current documentary, though, is that these two at certain points were defending Mike and saying that it was not true at all. Yeah. And now they're coming out and saying, no, he did do all this and that they're attacking them on that. But their defense to that is it just took us years to finally socially cope with and accept what was done. Right. To what us. was happening. Oh, that, that worries me. Kind of, that worries so. me. Too many, um, psychologists out there doing, um, hypnosis and regression therapy and they'll kind of implant the idea where your mind loves to create something, and you'll create right. trauma, and you'll create something that never happened. I mean, that's true, yeah. but on the flip side, in defense, I mean, there have been people who suppress trauma yeah. and yes. don't recount it until years later, for, yeah. for, I mean, on legitimate uh, causes, too. So, I mean... Yeah. No, I'll say I'm one of them. I have a lot of repressed trauma in right. my own brain that I can't ever access or try understanding why do I have so much fear and anxiety yeah. in right. a situation. I mean, uh, only those kids know. Exactly. Well, grown-ass men now, but o- <laughs> right. only they know. And yeah. I mean, yeah, What happened? Yeah. It's so. crazy. It really yeah, is. Yeah, we weren't there. It wasn't... Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if he got let free at a trial, only God can judge him. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. it's really a crazy situation. Well, sticking with the Jackson family, Janet Jackson just yes. announced her Las Vegas residency deal set to do at least 15 shows at the MGM's resort. I'm there. excited about this one. Yeah, seriously. Does that mean we might get her down here at the bow? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe. No, it no, is an no. MGM <laughs> resort. <laughs> I mean, they might show her or, on the screen. Right. Oh, yeah, like, look at this. Yeah. But no, yeah, Las Vegas residency deal. So she'll be there most of the year, like just hanging out, performing, see her there. So. I mean, I would like if, if just if she's she, that type of musician. Yeah, and definitely. and performer, performer. Like there I mean, shit, her shows, Rhythm Nation. That's yeah, like one of the best, like just epic videos yeah. ever. I mean, seriously. Yeah, if she even just even half recreates those type stuff, I, I would be all in on yeah. that. I think she's yeah. just fantastic. Honestly. So. And speaking of another artist that just recently signed a Las Vegas deal, Drake, he was just named the world's best selling artist in 2018. That is not surprising to me. No, no. no. It's a, a lot more surprising than... to me because, like, when you look at the top of the charts, it was mostly Ariana Grande all last year. Well, I mean, year. but if you think about "In My Feelings," that yeah, challenge, in my that okay, was that forever. yeah, that one, and it that whole album, going. that Scorpion yeah. album, people loved it. Yeah. So okay. I, apparently, a lot more than Kiki love him. Nah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> top selling artist. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know. Kiki and a whole lot more love him. Oh so. my goodness! But yes, yeah, like. Just crazy stuff, man. Whole bunch of crazy stuff happening in the industry. You know, and I'm just, yeah. I, I, oh, as always, we will stay on top of everything. Everything. I think the only, the only thing we didn't get about the Oscars, and I was just thinking of it, the in memoriam. Yeah. Forgot. They forgot some some really big people like R.E. Ernie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. They forgot, um, uh, Misrespect. Mm hmm. Oh shit! Yeah, Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Franklin. Oh, they did forget Aretha. Damn. And uh, um, uh, Scott from um, Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herschel. And, yeah, Herschel from Walking Dead. And uh, Sandra Locke. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like immortalized in film with yeah. all the Clint Eastwood films yeah. for like just Honestly. ever. Like Carl Channing. Mm. And yep. she was up there presenting awards, and she was nominated. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest about it, though. The only one I was really worried about was Stanley. 
Yeah, that's and they the got one Stan I was Lee. looking they had for. Stan Lee, we, and it was know, a nice. We yeah. were joking about this the other day, though, and it's like, can you imagine you're the poor PA? The PA that, that's your job. Goodness. Compile all the names for the memoriam this year. Fuck it, because you're gonna forget somebody. Yeah. I mean, this past There's year, there's websites like, that keep up with that. Yeah, exactly. but do they really? I mean, yes. look, doesn't it? Didn't it seem like between like twenty? I guess it was 2016 or 2017. Yeah. It seemed like every day two or three would drop. It's like uh, how many can you keep up exactly. with? It was like there's Super websites crazy. and they they make advertising dollars for just listing the names and where and mm-hmm. where, yeah. But what when, is it going to become? The immemorial will be sponsored right. by a website, right? <laughs> like, like, come on. We now. don't need that. Goodness gracious. <laughs> okay, this is going to get really sad, but it's sponsored by. Oops, sponsored by. <laughs> Go Daddy. Oh make your God. website. <laughs> Who died this year? Sorry, we're not like, sponsored I mean, by Daddy. It's just, like, you know, we don't want that. Oh, my goodness. So funny. Great <laughs> no. industry news. Great oh, industry news. Yeah, I just wanted to say news. that. It's, they, they, they always miss, and sometimes they missed big. Exactly. And this year, they missed a couple times yeah, big. Exactly. But, I mean, we can just end industry news with, Nobody's perfect. Nobody's right. perfect. Nobody's no. perfect. All right, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only Michael Nardelli coming on the show. He's best known from his Netflix film Circle. Hmm. Interested to talk to him today. Absolutely, and he's yeah. wor- he's currently working on like this new digital series, yeah. which is what I'm really interested. Digital series, yeah, uh, called Dark Web. Mm. So that's going to be. We'll ask him all about that. He's yeah. a writer, producer, director, yeah. actor. This guy does, does it, it all. all. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hello. Hey, is this Dustin speaking? It is. Michael, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, doing great, man. You're here with me and Logan today. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Logan? What's up? Well, first of all, officially welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. We appreciate you calling in and uh, joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me in the Crazy Ant Farm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, we get a little crazy, hence the name, so you got to be ready, okay? Well, I get crazy, too. Hey, fantastic. We do. We really do like to just have a lot of fun. This isn't just like a standard Q and A type thing. It's more like just a roundtable discussion, and we just talk and have a good time, and you know, let it go. Cool. All right. I like it. Awesome. That's my style. I'm in. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. We have a lot of listeners who are trying to get into the industry. A lot of people that follow the industry a lot. And so, what we like to do first is kind of like. In an introductory kind of way, just tell everybody how you got into the business. Is it something that you always wanted to do, be an actor, or did you kind of fall into it, or how'd you get started? So, how did I get started in the industry? I got started in the industry, well, I got started by uh, just, uh, I guess, growing up loving film and television and storytelling and anything creative, Um, and then I guess really just doing school theater when I was in middle school and then getting a little bit more serious about it when I was in high school and then getting even more serious about it when I was in college. I went to USC for, uh, to study theater and and film and television. Sure. And, um, and then while I was there, I also finally secured an agent and was auditioning for, you know, professional film and television jobs and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I got started pretty traditional way i guess which is just you know making shorts and stuff with my friends when i was young and and high school theater absolutely now now is that is that normal like to already get an agent in college does that happen a lot yes and no i guess i mean for me because i grew up in a bunch of small towns in the midwest and the northeast and Mm -hmm. everything i felt like i was behind the game (laughs) by the time i moved to la when i was 18 because you're competing 
sometimes against like people that had been childhood actors. Sure. Right out of right out of the womb, right. they were like doing uh, baby food commercials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I kind of felt almost a little bit late. Um, but I guess you know people live to be what like. 80, 90, 100 now. Absolutely. I guess, I guess Absolutely. you know, it's, it's all relative. I was maybe a little early in some ways. So. <laughs> there you go. I like so, the attitude. Or maybe I was right when I was supposed to be, you know? Maybe Absolutely. it was right when I needed to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I felt late, but I guess it's a little early, which was which is good. Sure. Now, and did, how'd that progression take place? Did you start off in commercials, doing television, or did you try to jump right into film? Or what was your choice coming out of college? How did you want to attack it? Um, I mean, I was, yeah, I was trying to do it while I was in college and get a little bit of a head start, which I'm happy I did. Um, cause I was already living in LA anyway. My first gig was a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, That's how I got go. my SAG card. <laughs> I was so happy. Uh, and I literally had no dialogue on in it. I just had a turned surprise shocked look when I think a happy meal went flying across the screen or something, sure. something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Um, <laughs> So that was my first thing, and then and then my first like real big job was this movie uh, that I did. I think it was my sophomore year of college, called The Derby Stallion, mm. which was with Zac Efron yeah. just yeah. before he became Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it was like uh, it was like Karate Kid for even younger kids with horses. Oh, um, and, and I was like the town bully. I was the villain. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. And, yeah, I yeah, gotta my, tell you, that's I gotta be. Stallion. <laughs> That's got to be one of the most interesting, uh, I, if you will, elevator pitches I've ever heard. It's like Karate Kid, but for younger kids with horses. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, that, that's yeah. fantastic. There's an audience. I guess there's an audience. Absolutely, you know? little kids like horses, and little kids like Zach. And uh, sure, there you go. Um, but yeah, that was my first big thing, and I kind of like. Um, I, I, I'm always like, should I be telling the story or not? But like, I kind of snuck out of school for a month to finish it. I had to drop a couple classes because some professors were like, no way. But with the sort of larger, like, you know, larger auditorium style mm-hmm. classes Absolutely. that I had at, at USC, and I, I just kind of like winged it and got out on a hope and a prayer that I'd be able to come back. Yeah. Um, and I got away with it somehow. Like when I came into the TA sessions. You know, which is like the smaller weekly TA, you know, where you meet with the TA. Yeah. They looked at me strange. They were like, they had this weird, like, deer in headlights moment where, like, you've been gone. Haven't you? <laughs> and I just kind of like walked in as if nothing had happened and I got away with it. I don't oh, know how. Nice. Oh, fantastic. But, uh, so that was cool. And that was like, yeah, I was always trying to like juggle school because I really loved it and wanted to learn more. Yeah. But then also I was really anxious to get started professionally. Right. So. Yeah. It was a juggling act. It was tricky. I, I did as best as I could, as, as much as I could, you know? Absolutely. Now, you're you're all around. I mean, you act, direct, produce, write. So how, how did you make the move from in front of the camera to behind the camera and vice versa? I know because you, you, well, you do a lot while in front of the camera. You're still operating behind the camera as well. How did that transition take place? Is that something you wanted to do as well? Yeah, I always wanted to. I guess it was like, it was never a weird, I grew up just doing that, like, getting you know almost playing like a mini producer like get all my friends together and find the location and you know find the equipment and i used to edit shorts and stuff um with two vcrs back in the day you know you'd record on one while you played on another. you know that was like my poor man's way of editing back then um now there's so many toys you can use that are inexpensive which is awesome um so it was never weird to me back then to like multitask and put stuff together and act and write and put those things together and then you know when you get older you're i guess you're supposed to choose one thing or the other mm-hmm. you know um 
but it was sort of, I look back on those and it's like, you know, the same stuff I do now when I produce or direct or do more than one of those at once. It's the same as what I was doing when I was younger. Just there's more stakes and more people and it's, you know, a little more expensive. Um, but it was always my plan. I always loved filmmaking. I always loved acting. I just like storytelling in general. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I think you got, you know, a lot of actors like to be creative and it's hard to wait around and uh, wait for permission to do that. Absolutely. So you have to find other avenues to stay creative so you don't lose your mind. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the phrase, uh, you know, like create stuff and let the industry find you versus chasing the industry. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of it. It's just, I, I get restless and I needed, uh, you know, I need to, to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to be an actor, you sometimes have to wait around for calls, which I hate. And you also need an audience to watch you, which is not always possible. So, um, you know, got to keep on creating and figuring out whatever way you can, can do that. So I that's like sort that. of why I, like I that approach though. I mean, you know, because I, I feel like maybe that's a difference sometimes between the people that make it in the industry and the people that don't, you know, they, they, they don't want to sit around and wait or they, they feel like they haven't gotten a phone call from an audition or a call back and, and you know, they, they get defeated and, and walk away where they could be, like you said, trying to learn more content or trying to make more content and do things to stay creative while they wait. And so I, I love that approach and attitude. I, th- I think that's absolutely the right way to go. Uh, and it's clearly worked out for. I mean, I'm looking at. I'm sitting here doing the research for your uh, interview, and I mean, you're you've got an eclectic resume, man. Everything from American Crime Story, The People vs. OJ, uh, Revenge, Nashville. You've done a Hallmark movie. Uh, you, I mean, you've got a digital series. It's kind of like all kinds of stuff. So I, I I love the the range that you've shown so far in the career. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a slow but steady random career <laughs> that I've had so far, and like it, it picks up a little more each year. Um, and but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like you said, it's all over the map, and that's fine. I like that. I like, I have sort of eclectic taste in everything. So absolutely, I'm, I'm I'm cool to do a fun like you know silly Hallmark movie, and then you know like Dark Web is obviously much more uh, dark, <laughs> darker yeah. than than that. So I, I like it all. I'm cool. I'm cool with comedy, drama, all, all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm a, an eclectic person. Absolutely. So. Well, let's talk about uh, Dark Web a little bit, because this one's interesting, a digital series, and it's kind of an anthology, correct? Yeah, it's uh, it's an anthology, you know, sort of in the vein of Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, as, you know, more recent example. Um, but it's different in that it's tied together by a connective tissue, a serialized storyline that the more you watch each episode you sort of see um that the the show the anthology segments are more than just the sum of their parts they kind of add up to something special and spooky and unique absolutely so and you're heavily involved in this one right you're like uh producing and directing and acting and writing correct oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's definitely it's my baby (laughs) it's uh it's my shared baby with um my brother is also a producer on it, and Mario Michonne, who uh, we did a film called Circle with him a couple of years ago. That's on Netflix now if you guys want to watch it. Um, but yeah, it's our, our fingerprints are all over it, for better or worse. Awesome. Well, I mean, and you've attracted quite the cast. I mean, you've got you've got some A-listers in here that are like, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, and, and it's uh, explain the concept of digital series for people who don't understand what digital series is. Like, what's your platform? Where are you putting this out? Where can people see it? 
Yeah, digital series, I think uh, it it was a new term for me, too, because we were trying to figure out, well, what do we... Because originally we were calling it um, a web series, but it doesn't really fit because, I I mean, traditionally web series are shorter. You know, they're usually not longer than, like, 10 to 15 minutes. A lot of times they're in one location, you know, but this is a much more... um, elaborate storyline uh the episodes are longer you know it's it's a traditional kind of series that you would see on tv um or streaming nowadays um i think we call it digital i think in my mind that's almost the equivalent of uh sort of like an indie movie um because you know we we put this together pretty much how i've put together indie movies in the past um only this is eight episodes it's a series um you know it has a ton of special effects um a lot of cool actors new you know faces you'll recognize and then upcoming faces that you're starting to recognize um so yeah i think digital series i think people are just kind of figuring out what to call you know something like this which is not a web series um but it wasn't you know made by a network it's made independently um so yeah i mean i I think that's my understanding of it but there's always there's a new term every day every day for like for indie cinema and indie tv i feel like so i think everybody's still figuring out figuring that out you know absolutely absolutely so so let's walk it through a little bit though from uh, so you are behind the scenes as well as acting you know did you have a particular cast in mind that you wanted to approach to to bring into this or what you just sat down and like we'll just pitch this see who we get or what was your process of trying to pull together people for the anthology yeah so so with dark web um the casting uh i mean some people as we were writing uh me and mario wrote co-wrote most of it i'd say like 60 percent of it and then we have some some guest star writer directors actually that came in and directed the anthology segments like zelda williams and bowman modine and a couple others um so some people we had in mind already for casting because i mean i've worked on a lot of different things as an actor and as a filmmaker and you know made a lot of connections with people I really enjoy working with. And then when you start writing, sometimes you're like, oh, this character that we're writing is, you know, coming together in a way that I think so-and-so from Circle would be great. You know, we definitely have a lot of um, Circle vets in this because we were working with 50 actors on Circle. Absolutely. So we really got to know them well. It's almost like our own theater theater repertory, you know, company um, (laughs) Circle was because we met so many people on that one. Um, But then the real, uh, I guess, VIP gold metal in terms of casting goes to our casting director russell boast who is awesome and who cast me in a movie called the tribe a couple of years ago and uh we were able to bring him he liked the script we were able to bring him in and he was really the one that found uh you know a majority of the talent that's in this some of the the sort of well-known faces that you know sure um from tv and film and then you know he has his fingers on the pulse of like okay this is the next person you you know like and we're real big on casting giving new people chances um just because i think if you're working in you know indie whatever i mean you're you're limited in terms of how much you can spend but also it's just like you should be developing new talent you know absolutely along well with them that's your relationship that you can follow in the future. And it's cool to like break new ground together. And I just like giving some of my talented actor friends that haven't had a chance at giving them a chance. Um, so I feel like, you know, that that's one of the things we take pride in doing on some of these projects that we've worked on. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we've heard from multiple guests that it's very much a mentor type industry have you had any like mentor people that have kind of guided you a little bit in the industry honestly no not really um i wish i, I literally i'm always like i need a freaking mentor uh, especially 
juggling like the different aspects. I'm like, God, I want someone to give me more advice on how to really maximize my time and do this the right way. And no, I mean, I read a lot of books and a lot of biographies about actors and filmmakers. Um, but I mean, really, I just say my parents are probably my mentors and they're not even in the industry, but you know, my dad's been in business for a while and my mom's really artistic and kind of like fostered my love of, of film and TV from the beginning. So they're kind of my de facto mentors. I don't have, uh, I don't have the, the, the perfect, like I'm picturing like a Robin Williams mentor from like <laughs> Goodwill hunting or something. I don't have it. Yeah, I'll tell you though, based on what you were just saying about the, your own process and w- with Dark Web and uh, your mentoring, because and I think that's fantastic. I really like what you were saying about giving people opportunity that haven't gotten the chance yet, or or fostering talent. And I think that's a I think that's a great idea. I think it's one of the pluses of working in indie is that you you can do that. You're allowed to to bring people on and kind of guide them along and 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 bring the you know to the forefront their talent that might not have been seen otherwise. I, I love the fact that you guys are doing that. Yeah, I love it too. And it's um, you know, like we uh hit walls with it sometimes. Like with Circle, um, you know, no sales agents wanted to sell the movie. I mean it's it's a little like weird quirky movies there was that but it was also like well there's no big names in this there's no big names in this so there's no money there's no big names there's no money um and i can say like we sold that on our own without a sales agent and got a bigger advance for that than some of the other indie films i've worked on or produced um that had way bigger names in it than circle so that to me was like such a victory i was like yes so it's like you know we you can break new people and you can give new people a chance and it can be you know, profitable and it can get released and all that. Um, that I think that's super important because eh? everybody's always like, get a name, get a name, and it has to be this person. And I just don't think that's like um, always feasible. And it's not definitely not always the most creatively authentic way of casting a part. Absolutely. And doesn't it feel damn good when somebody tells you you can't do something and then you do it? Like, <laughs> oh my God, we live for it. We live for it. Absolutely, oh God, it man. So it's, good. It's oh, so man. good. We no live better for feeling. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's someone who's not even like has like no no creativity or whatever at risk, you know, to, exactly. to tell you like, oh, well, that's not going to work. And it's like, well, like, what do you know? Like, what are you watching that tells you know? Like, right? Are you, a lot of the the you know things coming up on like that I'm watching on Netflix and stuff like that? They don't always have huge names in them. Like, I just watched the, you know the haunting of was it haunting of Hill House? Oh uh, yeah, ago. right. Yep. And you know, it had a couple. It had like. Carla Cugino, a couple other people, but mostly I like I didn't know a lot of those actors. Exactly. Um, so it's like you know what, quit quit telling me that. <laughs> it's I, not true. I don't think a lot of times either they recognize the 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 commitment and and the passion and the time and energy that you've put into the project. So you're just not going to take no for an answer. I don't think they really realize that, like how determined some people are when they've put all their creativity and and effort into something that how determined they are to see it through. I don't think a lot of people recognize that sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's okay. I mean, that's understandable. Like everybody has their own lives and priorities and has, you know, have to make their money and, and pay their bills and put food on the table. So it's like, you know, I get it. But, um, but yeah, it's frustrating when you, you like meet certain people um, that aren't really involved in the actual creative process that they're kind of like making determinations when, you know, it just, it seems very limited. And I, I think, um, you know, like I think audiences really like discovering new talent too. I think it's fun to be like, Oh, who's that actor? I haven't seen them before. Wow. Or who directed this? Like, this is different. You know, I think it's, it's fun to break new, 
new talent. So it's definitely something I always want to be part of my DNA and, and whatever else I get to make in the future. Absolutely. Uh, and so let's let's talk about this a little bit then, because I think a lot of stuff that goes into uh, what you're saying about discovering new talent or giving breaks or opportunity, social media. How do you think that game has kind of changed how everything is done in, in the industry now? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing, or one of those things that, if balanced properly, could be both? I'm not sure about social media yet. I mean, I think it's probably like what the last thing you said. If it's balanced, it can be good. Um, I resisted it for a while. I've totally given in. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through periods where I felt addicted to it. And then I've <laughs> gone through periods where I'm like, I'm so bored. And this is, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so I don't know. I think like it, I think it is good. I think growing up when I was really interested in film and television, it would have been really fun to have that platform to, um, you know, talk about film and TV and, and learn about the process. You know, I, it would have been really cool for me as a kid to follow James Cameron on Twitter and like try to engage with him. So I think that's good. Um, I don't know. It takes away a little bit of the mystery and the mystique of it all. Um, with everyone being so accessible um, and sharing so much of their lives. Um, so, you know, I guess it's like most things with technology, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It makes things easier and it, it definitely opens up forums. And I think it's probably ultimately a good thing, but you do, I don't know, you lose something with, uh, I mean, that's a lot of like what dark web is about too, is like the transition from uh, sort of the analog days that our generation can still remember. And then this, you know, our new sort of digital world um, that's taken over. Um, and I think that's like why Mario and Tim and I really liked the story of Dark Web because it was like, okay, we're the generation that's like seeing this. Like we knew what analog world was like. We know where digital's going. We're right in the middle of it. Whereas like younger generations, they're not going to know, you know, right. that that we grew up without iPhones and internet and, right. and all that stuff. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's yeah. double. We'll see. I don't think anybody knows the answer yet. We'll see. It's still developing, right? Absolutely. All social media. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is cool to engage with people that have seen my stuff and, and seen stuff that we've worked on. That's fun. I yeah. like it. Coming from a fan perspective to like reach out and have like just one of your biggest like icons just like one of your comments to them is pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I'm a big Amy Sedaris fan and I've like tweeted or written in on her Instagram. Sometimes she'll like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, Amy Sedaris. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think she likes me. She really likes me. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things. Definitely, we've heard some. We've interviewed, you know, a lot of below the line people and a lot of behind the scenes people, and we've heard casting directors say it absolutely matters. They look for it. They want to see what your star meter is on IMDb. They want to see how many followers you have. Then we've had other people tell us, yeah, they don't even bother. They look at what you know the the self tapes and the auditions, and they go strictly from there. So I, I really do think it depends on the person. And you're right, whether you know how you view it and how you don't. I think it's to each their own. Yeah, I mean, I think it can't hurt to have it. I, I've heard that too. I've heard some you know executives and and um, you know casting make decisions off based off of followers and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's probably more worth your time to spend time on your craft and, and definitely you know like read plays and and work on your craft and that tool set than it is to spend too much time. But then again, who knows? I mean, I, yeah, I definitely know people who have yeah. um, gotten roles because they have really great abs and they have like a million followers. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. um, so whatever, you know, it's like whatever gets you there and whatever, right, right. you know, makes you, whatever makes you happy and gets, gets you doing what you love doing. Yeah, exactly. Do it. 
Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is if you're happy doing what you want to do. Yeah, and if you have an eight-pack abs on Instagram, you know, then, you know. <laughs> You know, all Enjoy kidding aside, it. though, all kidding aside, we sh- we we have to bring it up. It- it's another thing that's kind of evolving in the industry, and and maybe changed your approach or not changed your approach. I don't know. Talking about the looks, how has the Me Too movement affected the way you approach not only acting but from behind the scenes, casting, producing? Uh, I-, I mean, have you seen a change in the culture about how you do things on set in your own personal experience? I just was already doing all that. Like, you know, that was already, you know, uh, we shot uh, a lot of dark web. Uh, The the main storyline, we filmed almost like a movie over the course of a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I hired um, Roxy Shee for that, who had directed me in this film, The Tribe, a couple of years before that. And it never, I never even thought about like, oh, we have to put a female director on this or it has to be. It was just like. I knew her and I knew she was the best person for it and we hired her, you know? Right. And, definitely. you know, and we have, um, you know, other female directors on the, I'd say like 70% of dark web was directed by a woman. And that was before the me too movement happened. And mm-hmm. it was just because like they were the best people for the job and we were open to it. There was oh, never even yes. like a question of like, exactly. we're only going to hire men or we, this, this spot has to be filled by, Theme. it was just like right. yeah everyone like everyone will talk to everyone mm-hmm. the best people for it get the job the best with the most you know and we always you know kept our ears and eyes open for diversity yes and i feel like especially with casting that's what russell boast was so great about our mm-hmm. casting director because mm-hmm. um, even if we went into it with sort of like preconceived ideas of what a character looked or sounded like mm-hmm. he was like just you know because we we wanted diversity um but he was just like just keep all roles open you know, like, Absolutely. unless there's a really specific reason to, you know, say a role has to be this color or this shape or whatever, or even like this gender in a couple cases, um, just keep it open. And that was so cool because, like, you know, I go back and I look at some of our early scripts and, you know, there's one character who's a hacker and she was deliberately supposed to be sort of like this archetypal um, girl with the dragon tattoo, mm-hmm. kind of like pale, dark skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, our pale dark hair, sorry. Um, pale skin, dark hair. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, it. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, but we wound up casting a black actress for that and she's so awesome. And like, just by keeping that open, you know, some roles that we saw one way would become a different ethnicity or a different gender. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I just, and even with Circle, if you watch that, we had 50 different actors and it was sort of a source of pride and a goal back then. And that was, I think, 2014 when we filmed that mm-hmm. to make sure everybody was represented, you know, in that circle I'd, um, of actors. And if you watch it, it, it is, it's old, it's young, it's this, it's that, it's every color, it's every gen, you know, it's everything. Absolutely. So I, I kind of always was just like already doing that. And now, um, yeah, I think it's, it's good that, that there's that awareness and that everybody's getting sort of equal opportunities um, that, you know, Sort of what I was talking about earlier too about giving new people chances. Definitely, you know that that cinema and TV and everything is more inclusive now. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and I love the fact that, that everything that you just said there. I mean, you, we we've talked about this so many times on past episodes with so many of our guests, but we all, everybody in, associated with us, we all agree that 
it should be the best person for the job, yeah. regardless of whether you know race or uh, gender or like you said. I mean, sometimes you just leave that role open and cast the best person to fit the role, and sometimes that means changing the role. And it is so refreshing to hear somebody who who's behind the scenes and also an actor say that. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times, you know, so many people will lock down. It has to be this, yeah. and and you might be missing something really special that maybe you 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 didn't get. With the person because you wouldn't budge on it. Exactly. So, so refreshing to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Like if you have bigger budgeted stuff, then you have more mandates that like you have to have a certain name mm-hmm. to justify this amount of, you know, like foreign pre-sales and stuff like that. Um, but that's why I just, you know, I think for me, smaller is better. Um, you know, and you make the choices that feel creatively authentic to you as best as you can. I mean, there's always like limitations and things you have to do right. to get something done, but. Yeah, I think the best person for the job is just like it's if you can, it's a no brainer. Um, because that's I think when people are watching, they can sense when choices were made inauthentically, you know, and like sometimes you have to do that to get it made. But I think audiences are pretty smart now where they're like, I this that actor doesn't fit with this role, or like something's off here, something feels off, you know. I think you just you feel that nowadays. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it with dark web and with circle. Well, and I'll tell you what, the industry needs people like you, you know, because the audience is smart these days and we need smart people in the industry that are making content. Yeah. And I feel the industry needs people like yourself who understand that sometimes the smaller stuff, because like you said, it is so mandated at a larger level, but with the streaming services and everybody moving to this digital platform, content is of the highest importance. And for people who understand that you can make quality content with with a lower budget and and creative people that pull together and highlight like yourself, it's so necessary right now. I think, especially through the transition part of the industry that it's going through, I, I think people like you are going to be ruling things, dude. I, I really do. Hell yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm still I'm still learning a lot and. Definitely don't know it all, and definitely have made mistakes on all those like things I've worked on either as an actor, you know, definitely like as a filmmaker producer. So, still learning, but I am a huge just film fan, film mm-hmm. nerd, storytelling nerd. <laughs> you know, nice. I love theater and I love music, and I love. I mean, that's my life. So, yeah, I do kind of think, well, what would I like to see, and like, you know, how would I want to be treated as an actor if you know when yeah. I'm directed, and yeah. Um, you know, and like, what what seems to be missing, and what can we do different? You know, mm-hmm. and it is usually a place of figuring out, like, okay, these are my means, like, this is what I can pull together, and then how do I make the best best of that? You know, and not try to like compete with a hundred million dollar, you know, like compete with <laughs> right. Game of Thrones, like yeah. we dark web. You probably could have made like eighty dark webs <laughs> with, <laughs> with yeah. the budget of like five Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, so absolutely. you know, um, we can't compete with them and shouldn't have to and can do something different and um and and still make it look good and entertaining hopefully and there's a market for it like you said earlier way back at the beginning of the interview there's a market for everything i mean there really is you just got to find your niche and put it out there. yeah seriously that's so so yeah i think so circle was the big wake-up call for me for that because we did that like ultra ultra low Mm -hmm. and you know the um you know julie benz we were lucky to get her in it um, and then other than that, it was, you know, it's pretty much mostly up and coming actors mm-hmm. or, you know, theater, um, theater thespians that you haven't seen on screen, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and to see that we were able to do that 
and that it actually wound up being more sort of um, uh, money making than some of these other projects I worked on where like everybody made a big stink about this name or that name mm-hmm. and it didn't amount to as much as they had hoped, you know, when, when, you know, the numbers actually came in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, that was a wake up call for me of like, okay, cool. Like there is, this can, this can work. Like a little movie like circle can come out and go the distance and have its place in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that, that was inspiring. And hopefully, you know, if other people are like budding filmmakers listening to that, mm-hmm. to this, you know, they know that they can do the same thing because that movie was made ultra low. And, um, you know, nowadays you can film a movie on a, on an iPhone and get it released, which is crazy to me and so awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Soderbergh. Yeah, Soderbergh's doing it all the time now, right? Yeah. He, he's, I he's saw that movie, back. yeah. Un, was it Unsane? Yeah. I saw that yeah. in theaters and, uh, and I, I liked it. Yeah, me I too. I really liked it. S- same, and I, from what I understand, he's doing his new one on it as well, so yeah. I think that's his yep, gig now. Yeah, I was now, reading so. about that. Yep, and Tangerine, yep. yeah, that mm-hmm. one was shot on an iPhone, so I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I see that you are on American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J., and I'm a huge Friends fan, so what was it like working with David Schwimmer? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to work with him. I was the guy who uh, spotted OJ on the freeway in that. Oh, so nice. I got to meet Cuba. There you go. And, That's um, awesome. And Ryan Murphy directed it. And uh, yeah, I don't think I've, I've never met David Schwimmer. I've Man. never worked with him. So, so close. I'll have to come back on your show someday yes. once I fulfill that. Oh, that yeah. goal. <laughs> well, then there it is. Open invite, man. Open invite, exactly. I will say, though, you know, you're talking about names and everything. Now, Dark Web, though, did, did, did I catch that right? Do you have Ghost Rider slash the new Terminator in there, right? Yeah, isn't that yes. crazy? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We've got, like, we've got some, some cool peeps in Dark Web. Damn um, right. Yeah, we've got him, and we've got um, Nicholas Brendan, who was Xander on Buffy, and I'm yep. a huge yeah. Buffy fan. So, actually, we, like cannibalized a lot of Buffy people on this. We have <laughs> him and we have Julie Benz. Um, play, well, actually, I won't say who she plays because I guess it's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> and then we got Claire Kramer, who's also on Buffy. Right. Um, we've got like some car- older like character actors like Robert Davi, um, you know, from like Goonies. Yeah. He's a Bond villain yep. is in it. Um, and then we've got some younger you know, up and coming, like, like you just mentioned. And, um, Oh, sorry. Hang on. My phone is beeping. Um, and Sabangale, who's on lost in space right now uh, on Netflix, which, you know, she's kind of on sirens. So she's kind of blowing up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the cast is really eclectic and and cool. Well, congratulations on that, man. I I just, I really love the whole idea behind it. I love that it's doing well for you, and I, I just really like your whole approach in the industry, man. I, I, I really do. You can tell you have a, an enthusiasm and a passion for what you do, and you seem to have a, a solid head on your shoulders, and you're doing things right, man. I, I, seriously, and I, I just I, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased that you came on the show, because I think it's people like you who inspire the people out there who are yeah, trying to get into definitely. the industry, and, and show that you are able to do it, and that while it takes time, it is something that you're always learning and growing with, but mm-hmm. anything is possible possible if you're determined enough to do it and i i just really appreciate when we get guests on who who have done it and who have come that route and who are succeeding that way man mm-hmm. so we couldn't be more happy to have you come on and talk to us well thank you that means that actually means a lot to me so thanks i mean thanks for saying that it's always you know we've definitely been like in our dark web bubble we just finished recently so right. um you know and it's it's hard when you do it this way but um so it's nice nice to get some affirmations from you guys on this tuesday afternoon i, I <laughs> Absolutely, um, it seems man. Like you guys seem super fun as well. So hopefully we'll get the party again 
soon. Once I work with David Schwimmer, I'm That's, back. There we go. <laughs> Seriously, man. L- listen, we're going to promote the hell out of you. We're going to tell everybody where to follow you. We're going to send everybody to make sure they catch Dark Web. And uh, anytime, man, open invite. If you got a pro- project you're working on, you want some publicity for it, you want us to put it out there for you, dude, open invite. Come back. You're more than welcome anytime. I'd love to. Awesome, awesome. And what we like to do, our very last thing with our guests, is we like to ask, what advice would you give for up-and-coming people trying to get into the industry? What pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? And just something to leave us with. Yeah. Um, So my advice for people uh, coming up or pursuing the industry, I I pretty much already said it earlier, but it's... um, you know, to whatever means you can create your own stuff. So that could be writing a sketch with your friends. That could be, you know, putting up a small one act play in a local theater festival. Could be making a short film on your iPhone. Um, whatever your passion is, just like, don't wait, don't wait for permission. Just do it. Don't chase the industry and let the industry find you. Cause mm-hmm. I think when you're chasing, I mean, sometimes it works and people like just click right away and, mm-hmm. and and explode and get all kinds of work and everything. But that's not always the case for a lot of people. Um, and I think for your sanity and for your confidence and everything, you just have to go out and do it. And, uh, and, and doors will open. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, man. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, perfect advice. Seriously. I, I mean, you, could, you can't say it better than that. And, and again, dude, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us today. And uh, I mean, seriously, thank you, man. And open invite, as we said, anytime. Come on back. We'll be more than happy. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I would love to. All right, dude. Take care, man. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Logan. Yep, you bet, man. And we will be in touch soon, all right? All righty. All right, take care, bro. You too. Bye. Man, what I love doing about this show, what I love about this show is interviewing such amazing people every week and just seeing how passionate they are about their stuff. Especially yeah. their own projects. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and his determined he would not take no for an answer. Nope. Oh, we don't. We can't sell that. You don't have a name. You can't. We can't do this. We exactly. can't do that. And then he sold it. Exactly. Got a nice advance. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And like, who won? Exactly. I mean, you see. I mean, you got that that not taking no for an answer mm-hmm. and just trusting in yourself. Exactly. I mean, that, that's so important in exactly. this industry. Exactly. Man, great guess. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, now it is time for the top five segment. Oh man, this one this week. Yeah, whew, they just keep getting harder and harder, guys. To be honest with you, yeah. This Somebody one keeps choosing these hard ones. I, I mean, I'm do. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. This they week, threw you underneath the bus immediately. I know. Hey, oh my god. He's like, it was that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but this week it is top five television show theme songs. Mm. Mm, man, ladies first. Latte. Um. All right. Well, I just, I, you know, I just thought of one. I don't know if we've done is our top five documentaries. Mm, we oh, haven't. Oh, so oh, that that could be next oh, week. Yeah. That, the YouTube. Uh, yeah, just got the, it. Just got a big. Trying to take the the burden off you a little bit. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's <laughs> hard to come up with them every week. I, I it's difficult. It, it really is. is. Yeah. It really. We is. should come up with them probably after we do the podcast, and yeah. to spend like five minutes is coming up with next week, so we know about it. Yeah. Do exactly. some homework. <laughs> mm-hmm. There it <laughs> is. Nah, I like to do on the fly. That's right. Um, we crazy. So first one I gotta, of course, represent is Game of Thrones. Ooh, yep, yep. Yeah. Last season. It. Last season coming out soon. Oh my gosh! Yeah. A lot but, of people uh, are excited. I don't even care that it's three minutes long. I'll sit there and watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my next one is uh, Orange is the New Black because I love mm. Regina Spector. That's and a good one so, too. Um, it is. I just I really like that one. Um, Fresh Prince. Yeah, oh. I love Fresh Prince. Uh, and Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. Seinfeld. I just love and that then, bass. That bass is so epic. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a like it's like a character in the show itself. It, it really is. is. It really is. And uh, and then finally one for Gaffer's Happy Days. Yay! Happy Days. <laughs> Thank you. Oh You're my goodness. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, little Ronnie Howard. I know Everybody you used to watch it when you were like 12, so. Uh, you know. <laughs> Sadly, you're not far off. Oh, <laughs> you're okay. not far off. Okay. And I hate you and love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> coming, from the guy that, coming from the guy that says 86 wasn't that long ago. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's my exact age. All right. What I'm you... still younger than little Ronnie Howard, though. Little Cam, what you got? So I have Gilmore Girls. Of course. Oh, of course. No, Why really? Not? We and would friends, never expect that. Because yeah. if you leave, the we will follow. No, of course. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'll be there for you. That's right. Stop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pretty Little Liars. Because, mm. you know, when I was like 12, it just was an endless loop in the head. It it's okay. The endless uh, loop in the head. Endless loop. Endless loop. Uh, friend, uh, I can't talk. Fresh Prince. I had that too. Yep, yep. That was such a good one. And then uh, Full House. Mm, Full that's House. That's a good one too. It is a good one. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Sound Man, what you got? I got, I don't know. You don't know. Man, uh, you're supposed to know these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for the gaffer uh, and and my dad, it would be MASH. Mm, suicide is a good one. one. Gaffer and dad. And okay, dad. thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Right. It was Same me and my dad. dad. I am a dad. <laughs> but it, was, it was for me and my dad's favorite right. show. Yeah, was that's MASH. Cool. MASH, man. It was a killer show. And a killer theme song. Yeah. Killer song. How many people do you know that you think know it has words? It has words. Really? The TV show didn't have the words, but the, the movie actual, did. Yeah. The yeah. movie did. No and idea. the song does. And oh. it's on karaoke. I've sang it on stage. Well, shit. Look at you. Very the sad most to see. Uh, right? It is. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh right. my goodness. Um, Adam's family. No, yeah. no. Yep. Cheers. Because mm, yeah. yeah. you just want to go where everybody knows. Seriously, your name. absolutely. It's so good. Uh, House. Mm, yep, yep. And Westworld. Yes, yeah. Westworld. All good picks. Most man. of the music oh. themes in Westworld are amazing, especially putting on that classic piano. Yeah. yeah. See, Westworld made me think of West Wing. Mm. Not on my list, but it makes me oh, think of it now. Man, yeah. that's like a Disney theme song. Like, I'm not even going to lie. No, that's the end. The West Wing? The, the end. It's, end it the sounds that like a sound Disney like theme song. But the first one is like very presidential, yeah. but the end does sound yeah. like a Disney theme song. Yeah, yeah. it does. Sorry. It really Sorry. does. You want to go to the Mickey Mouse Club theme? Song? I kind of forgot like about it. it. It sounds like it. Okay. Oh man. Allison How did we not have M I C K Y M O U? Oh my goodness. All right. Anyway. So anyway, um, I got a few HBO ones on here. I got The Sopranos. Woke up this morning. Yeah. Bought myself a gun. Okay. Um, Family Guy. Guns. I love it. I love it. Mm. Entourage. Entourage. Yes. That one gets me super pumped up. Absolutely. Um, one from my childhood. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Where are you? 
Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, if anybody who listens to the show should know, number one, Friends. Yeah, Friends. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. I'll be there for you. <laughs> if I'm not Excuse watching me? Friends, I don't want to hear the song. I get up on my Spotify, and I'm like, nope, nope. I, I, don't, I, don't I like bought it. it on my iTunes. See? I don't like it. Don't Outside know. of the context of the show, I don't like and it. And then, at the end of the song... That's the song that it, made that band famous. It is. The only one. Yeah, they're yeah. one-hit wonder, I mean, just that is. one song. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. But at the end of that song on uh, iTunes, it's like a clip of the episode. Like, so you just hear the audio of the episode. Oh. That's weird. It, I'm, I like it. I, I can name yeah. what episode, and I can like... There you go. Yeah. So what episode? What season and episode? Eight. Five. Eight season eight I don't five. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so Gaffer, all what right, you got? All right, I've got I've got some old ones too. You know, Scooby Doo though, my childhood too. So that just shows you how long that show's been. Yeah, around, seriously. Just remember the versions. guest stars of Don uh, Knotts and the Harlem yeah. Globetrotters. Batman and Robin. Um, oh yeah, the yeah. Batman and Robin stuff, or yeah. the Three Stooges stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, great stuff. Anyway, uh, speaking of a great show that had a great theme song with a lot of great guests, uh, the Muppet Show. Yeah, I mean, I love the I love the Muppet Show, mm-hmm. Kermit. Kermit, that's right. Uh, and then I had Frasier. You mm. know, uh, I thought that was always a. I'm actually watching that one right now. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. a great theme. Yeah, it's, it's a, great. It is. It's a really like. Did you know what that of... song is about? People are always confused about what it's about. Tell us like, what's it? the about. <laughs> I just read an article. It's apparently the guy who had to create it wasn't allowed to say what the show was about. Mm. He could only like sort of vaguely reference it, and he had a friend help him. And he said. Toss salads and scrambled eggs is like people scrambled up minds mm. for the psychologist. Because oh, nice. a lot of people were like, Are you being like right. lewd? Are you making like some weird, like under the table references? But no, it was basically just a way of talking about crazy people. And he says, They're calling again. It's yeah, this radio show. And, I like that. See, so. I never dropping knew. knowledge Seriously. on this show, man. Boom. We're dropping knowledge. I was curious. <laughs> <laughs> My next one is Suits, Greenback Boogie. So, nice. Such a badass. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love the, you know, the Greenback Boogie? Uh, of course, uh, Mary Tyler Morse. Show. Of course, we're all gonna make it after all. Seriously, we are. <laughs> after we had Ed Asner on the show, That's he right. could not stop freaking singing that theme no, song. I couldn't. I it was like, yeah, go back and listen to that episode. He was such a phenomenal it, interview. It really was. But you kind of got a suck in my head because you were watching the marathon. I was. I was getting get prepared. Yeah, and so every like you know every day I'm hearing we're gonna make it. <laughs> anyway, did you throw oh, your hat Lord. up in the air? And I did. Freeze? Every day I'd walk uh, out and be like, he'd do a little <laughs> twirl, <right>. like. <laughs> Did you wish you had a freeze frame on life? <laughs> so embarrassing, got my way to the shower like... Why did we go to the, your shower? Why did you bring it to the shower? Like, I want... Okay, all right, none of your business. Right? Like, leave the towel on, leave the towel on. <laughs> <laughs> now Emily needs therapy. And my number one So anyway, song, yeah. Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Because, I mean, it's iconic. Yeah. You know, who can forget the opening when they're going over Texas Stadium? And yeah, like, oh, seriously. Just, Iconic, iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention, um, the A team. Mm, uh, yeah, the, the A team. I love it when a plan comes life. together. Different oh, sorry. strokes. I mean, there's so many. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Many. Brady Bunch. Like, um, oh my moving God, on up. Deluxe apartments. Jefferson. Jefferson's man. So many. Good All ones, in the family, man. boy. Hill Street Blues. There's so many. If we could just go the 80s right now, that's what we're all doing. All right, next segment because we'll be stuck in this one forever. Seriously, time to take it back in time with oh, yeah. uh, the gaffer segment yeah, yeah. this day and in history you know much like industry news we can't do this show without talking about disney that's right yeah, i mean it wouldn't be our show if we did it's true uh, on this day in 1924 walt disney and his brother with the disney brothers studios released the first 
Alice comedy, not to be confused with Alice in Wonderland. Right. I think a lot of people think when you talk Disney and Alice, they immediately think, right. These were a little series of um, animated films that featured a live action little girl in Mm -hmm. it named Alice. And it was like these adventures that she would go through or whatever. And um, he sold them to the local movie theaters. And it's basically how he got his start in animation and got noticed. Um, But yeah, Alice's Day at Sea. Mm. On this day, 1924, was the first time it was released. That's crazy. I didn't even know Walt Disney had brothers. That's terrible, I know. But I didn't know that. Don't give me that look. I didn't know. (laughs) Don't give me that look. He's the only known Disney, really. Really? Look at his face. Really? really? (laughs) Look on the vision board, damn it! Roy is right next to him. (laughs) Who the hell is Roy? Who the hell is Roy? Roy? (laughs) Nobody knows Roy. Nobody knows Roy. Everybody knows Walt. He later on changed his last name to Croc, and he started McDonald's. No, no, no. See, Roy never gets credit. Roy is the man behind the scenes that was actually keeping the thing afloat when Disney was just blowing through money and trying to be creative. Like like, four times. Yeah. See, that's what he gets for being responsible. Is don't nobody know Roy? (laughs) (laughs) Damn you for being financially responsible. (laughs) How many brothers did he have? Just, just, just him. Just, 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 just uh, brothers. It made it seem like it was multiple. No, but it was the Disney Brothers <laughs> Studio. Yeah. Don't nobody know Roy. <laughs> Don't nobody know Roy. Know Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the other Roy Disney, who was Walt's nephew, mm. who oh. was a big part of the current Disney now. Yeah. Brought in Michael Eisner and yeah. you know the rest. Don't of nobody know him either. I don't know neither Roy. <laughs> Roy squared. I don't know yeah. shit. Team Walt. <laughs> like, I'm not uh, saying I'm Walt. pro Walt. I'm just saying that's the only one I know. So, so oh. homework, Tavia, watch uh, Walt Before Mickey. Yeah. We'll learn all about the Good Disney's. Netflix documentary. That's right. Yep, documentary. Yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or about Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. That's right. Or Saving yeah, Mr. Banks. Yeah, that's a good yep. one, too. That's a good one, too. Oh, man. All right. Word of the day. Let's do it. We have a word of the day. That's yep. you, bro. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Apocryphal. Apocryphal. Ooh, apocryphal. Of doubt, authentic, uh, although widely circulated as being true. Mm. So, false news? False news. Basically. Yes. I mean, you know, media now. False news. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Or that there was only one Disney. Or there was only one Disney. <laughs> Nobody fact, care about Roy. The fact that there was no Roy Disney is apocryphal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my For some God. reason now it sounds like we just got you're just we're uh, launching a case in court. I mean, and you're at you're like talking to the jury. The, the case about Walt Disney apocryphal. <laughs> it's not. Is it like, gonna turn into that old like stereotypical Southern uh, attorney, right? <laughs> Your Honor. Your Honor. If you look at birth certificate number four, <laughs> here, really, sir, here, sir. you'll clearly see that Roy existed. He <laughs> <laughs> was a Miss Lightfoot is a Full in nature, bringing this nonsense <laughs> to the courtroom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> box office, uh, gentlemen. Uh, so anyway, uh, box office. This is going office. as well as the first time, <laughs> right? Uh, first Bad time, version what? of To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> right. all of a sudden, oh but yeah. it's To Kill a Disney. Oh <laughs> <my God. laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, let's do a little box office recap. So I got the first three out of the five right, the last two wrong. I'm just mm. gonna say it straight up. Got them wrong. I'm not even going to talk about the numbers either. Oh, come on. That's too wacky, yeah. man. Too wacky. <laughs> that wacky tobacco. You know what you can, no, no, crazy. No. You know what you can blame it on? What? The price of gas going up. That, 30, I, 30 40 fine. cents. Anything. Like yep. jumping up. That's sure. what happened. It messed lower? up all your numbers. It, my, my numbers were lower, yes. 
I, I, for some of them. I believe they were lower for Alita Battle Angel and Lego, because they got higher. But anyway, uh, How to Train a Dragon got number one. I predicted that one. I, I predicted 40 to 50, and it got... Uh, 55 so and that's like that the, last, this is the last one right like the last in I the think trilogy so. so i think that's driving a lot of people to yeah, see that one I well and i mean so. it is the third one so if you say it is a trilogy man you know <laughs> there was no roy <laughs> your honor clearly trilogy means three <laughs> the last oh my God. All right, so number two was alita battle angel and I predicted that one, and apparently this one is for everybody, guys. I have 65-year-old ladies coming up to me and telling me how much they like it. So I want to see it. Why do you Sam Medina. I don't, because because we this, work with because he wears Paris Hilton on his shirt. It's true. <laughs> There's they a like lot the of Paris anime Hilton fans shirt. that are saying right now that this is the best adaptation from anime. Yeah, I think I think that's attracting the younger people. But yeah. I think our guest, you know, who plays Stinger in Alita, yeah, Battle, Sam, Medina. Sam Medina, he described it as looked past all the the sci-fi and the, and the visual effects and the anime. And he said this is really a character-driven film, and Coming if you go and like, yeah. so maybe that's why the older audience. Yeah. Yeah. Is like uh, akin to it because it's like they can follow exactly. the character. They feel the yeah. connection. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, I still want to see it. I still really want to see it. Yeah, um, number three got right was the Lego Movie, the second one. I want to mm. see that too. I do too. I do too. Uh, number four, I, do too. I got. <laughs> shut up. I got, <laughs> I got wrong. Uh, fighting with my family. That's that new rock one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eh, eh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not interested in that one, and really? I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm to be honest. I mean, it could be you, really you, good. You, it's a rock. It could be really I good. Maybe really a bad. red box one. I don't know if I'd want to go to. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't, I'm not sure about the theater either. But I do want to see it because I like the rock, and yeah. then it, to me, it seems like it might be kind of similar to Glow. And you know, y'all know I like. Mm. Glow. Yeah, yeah, you, you like, do like Glow. glow. Yeah. You do. It's a good yeah. show. It is a good <laughs> show. Nobody said it wasn't. You're defending it in a room full of fans. So, um, so, so aggressive. Right, aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah, where did you yeah, yeah, pass it on? Oh, my right. goodness. And number five was Isn't It Romantic? And I got that one wrong, too. All so, right, so what you yeah. got for this week? So, what this week, think? new ones coming out uh, Tyler Perry's Medita, mm. Medea Family Funeral. This is supposed to be the last of them, guys. She's the not final back. chapter. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard they weren't going to kill her off, but it's definitely going to be a send off. Mm. So. She's going to retirement home where they lock the door. Oh, hell no. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She Uh, rides off in Tyler Perry's station wagon, uh then he came into Hollywood. Yeah. That would be fitting, right? It would. That would be. It would. And we also got Greta coming out. But stuff that is already out we got Cold Pursuit, The Lego Movie, What Men Want, Alita Battle Angel. Happy Death Day 2, which I still don't understand mm. why they make it a second one. Um, isn't it romantic? And How to Train Your Dragon. And Tavia's fighting with your family. That's right. Um, yeah. Why has uh, it got to be Tavia's? That's <laughs> what I kind of want to see it. I saw uh, that they're making a sequel to um, Escape Room. Yeah, I saw that too. So, yeah, still need to see that one as yeah. well. I heard that one's pretty yeah. good too. But uh, number one, I think it's still going to be How to Train Your Dragon with around 30 to 35 million. Number two... I think will be Tyler Perry's a Medita. Damn it, a Medea's <laughs> family <laughs> funeral. Yeah, twenty twenty-five. Uh, uh, number five or number three, I think will be Alita Battle Angel with around five to ten million. Number four, I believe, will be Greta with around five to ten million. And number five, I believe, will be the Lego Movie with around five to seven. 
And all of them, regardless, need to make their money yeah. this yeah, week. Because next, next week, week, Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's going to suck it all over. Uh, she really so, is, man. She really is. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And going to our newer category, our top trending segment, where we talk about the top trending movie, TV series, and star. The movie this week is the same as last week, Alita Battle Angel. Like I said, I guess it's just resonating with yeah. everybody. Everybody yeah. like is attached to it. And it's doing huge overseas. It's yeah. doing well here, but huge overseas. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, top trending TV series is The Umbrella Academy, Netflix's Umbrella Academy. It's very... Uh, hey, you were playing the trailer for us just yeah, a little bit ago. It was yeah. like kind of an interesting... It sounded interesting. Yeah, it's very X-Men-esque, yeah. like superheroes, yeah. like when they were kids and then they grow up and like come back together and yeah. It, and they have moms that didn't know they were moms. And they didn't have moms right. that didn't know they were moms yeah. and like gave birth the same day, like didn't yeah. even know. And like, it has nothing to shit. do with Mary Poppins or it, the Penguin. It doesn't. No, yeah. No, like, so not... not not those umbrellas. No, no yeah, no, yeah. No, Don't no. get it confused. I, no, I was thinking about Resident Evil. It was the Umbrella Corporation. Mm. You know, I was talking to somebody else, and that's what they were thinking about as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. And uh, top trending star is Tom Hopper, who is in the Umbrella Academy. So, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, still need to try that one out. Uh, I mean, I'm on episode two, but I mean, still, it's not enough. Uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Still need to give it an accurate review. Uh, now, switching it over to the music side of things. Hot 100 this week. Uh, still Ariana Grande. It's her fifth week at number one. Jesus Christ, lady. You're not a Beatle. Get off of That's there. That's right. She's still, still not a Beatle. Still not a Beatle. Just update. Still not a Beatle. Still not a Beatle. Um, <laughs> Ariana top, Grande does not join the Beatles. <laughs> top 200 album is Thank You, Next. Still, it's the second week at number one, which, I mean, this is no surprise that she's Artist of the Week because of all of this. Um Top radio song is still High Hopes. This is like the 14th week that Panic at the Disco has been mm. on for the top radio song. Now we finally have a change up in the order. Uh, top digital song sales is Please Me by <laughs> Cardi B featuring Bruno Mars. Mm. They decided to collaborate again and they decided to work on more music after the success of the their first one that was very uh, In Living Color. Yeah, that one, tribute, uh, like to whatever color, it was yeah. called. Uh, I forget. Do you guys remember? No. Good talk. <laughs> uh, uh, top streaming song is Seven Rings, Ariana Seven Rings. Oddest, obviously, since she's like taking over everything. Right. Top album sales, thank you, next, obviously. And top digital album sales. Now, this one is different, guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, my goodness. Can't say I ain't country by Florida Georgia Line. There you go. Yep, yep. New album came out last Friday, so go listen to that. I bet it's pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had boy. so many different southern accents flying uh, around. It's been a pretty intense show. It has been even. a pretty intense show. Yeah, seriously. The next, seriously. the next southern accent we need is someone saying something about propane and propane. 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 All right, guys, make sure to follow us everywhere. <laughs> Crazy Ant Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, every single place on social media. We're everywhere, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music. All those podcast platforms, make sure to go to our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, read our personal bios, well, our professional bios, I should say, because you know, we are professional. You we can are read a my company, personal guys. bio. Right. Um, 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But anyway, guys, thank you for coming and getting crazy with us on episode 56. It's been so freaking fun, guys. It's been so freaking epic. And one person we got to thank because we love her so damn much. Oh, Oh, bro! Don't nobody know Roy. (laughs) 